Holman, I have a question for you. You always have a question. I like to start the show with a question. Okay. Can you name this uh, vehicle? Hmm. Give it some time. Yeah. That's good. All right. What does that exhaust note belong to? Mm. What vehicle? Well, you know, uh, I'm listening and I'm I'm sensing that. Um, Are you like a sommelier, like with a yes, fine wine? Yeah. Uh, here, listen again. Listen, listen again. Listen uh, again. Uh-huh. Is this you like smelling the cigar on, up under your nose? The multi-cam V8. Okay. Right. Yeah. Good. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, that's un- that is unmistakable. It sounds to me about 390 horsepower. Ooh, you're good. You're good. What is it? Uh, is that the uh, 5.6 under the hood of a Nissan Type? Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Well done. All right, let me hear that one more time because I, I feel like I need to be sure. All right, here we go. Got to walk out. Start it up. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ah, Yes. Yes, I know what I was missing. Yeah. That's about a 394 pound feet of torque. <laughs> At about 4,000 RPMs. Yeah, I can hear, uh, I've got an ear dyno. <laughs> ear dyno? Yeah. <laughs> ear dyno. You should I, see a doctor about that. I sort of feel like if uh, the Nissan dealerships were like every Saturday morning to just start 10 of their Titans and just start doing that, that'd be like the Pied Piper and you just attract People the... would be rolling in from every corner yeah, of the planet to, to, to see what's going on over there. So if you guys want to own that exhaust note, I recommend you head down to your Nissan dealer because... And swap oh, out your driver's man. seat for one that's inside a Nissan Titan. Yes, you got to <laughs> do that. And uh, what's up with that warranty? Come on now. Yeah, the only truck out there with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. So if you're in the market for a new truck, check out your uh, local Nissan dealer. And this truck show podcast would not be possible... Without our presenting sponsor, Nissan, and Nissan Trucks. Thanks That's so much, absolutely guys. true. It's like music to my ears. You know what else is music to my ears? Uh, this? <laughs> that is actually music to my ears, <laughs> no. but not what I was thinking about. Oh, no, no, no. Were you talking about this? Oh, yes, I was. That's music to yours? Yes, absolutely. You know, that's the sound of a decked drawer sliding in. Oh, so beautifully on those uh, Swiss bearings. Like, uh, <laughs> Are they Swiss or were they German? What uh, did we determine? I think we determined that they were... Uh, Swiss Abec, like, seven nine, sevens? Something. Yeah, something, right, know, like they that. go up at seven. Like skateboard bearings. Yes. They're just, oh, man, beautiful. So if you've got a bunch of junk rolling around in the bed of your Nissan Titan, head over to deck.com and check out their uh, awesome drawer cargo storage solutions. So you've got a nice Makita, and it's bouncing around back there, but then you've also got your, your wet suit or whatever else you're you can't have it all dog just, yeah, you got a dog put it on the Some hay. you might have hay back wait, there wait do we put the dog in the drawer no 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 dog stays on top because the deck system can support oh, okay, 2000 pounds yeah, yeah cuz that was so either a lot of dogs or one really big dog exactly <laughs> all right can we start the show let's start it the truck show we're going to show you what we know we're going to answer what the truck cuz truck rides with Truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Holman, you know what today is? It is. It's Monday. Well, if you're unless you're listening later in the week, but 
<laughs> we put this out on Monday, and it's significant because a big today, week. It is a big. It's SEMA, the Specialty Equipment Market Association. Oh, very oh, good, I got my it friend. This time. Yes, yeah, we'll never yes. forget. You clown me <laughs> when I thought it was uh, Manufacturer Association. Uh-huh. No, Common Specialty mistake. Equipment Manufacturer Association, <laughs> and it. Market. I did it you again. Just, I know you yes. did. Uh, you screwed me up. It's Market Association. <laughs> oh, because this lame Market Association. What is that about? It should be uh, manufacturing. It's not that lame. It's giant. No, no, no. I, uh, come on now. All right. What I'm saying is that it's uh, the Market Association really makes sense to me. Manufacturers all got together, and it's yep. where you see the latest goods. Uh, and services for you know about about so are cars you basically trying to say it's SEMA week? It is SEMA week. Yeah, Do we need to have an echo on that? Hold on, hold on. It's SEMA week. I don't know. No, no, it doesn't sound big enough. Good, it sounds yeah. like it sounds like instead of being in like a giant room, you're yeah. in like a tube. <laughs> you're yeah, just let's, yelling let's, through a tube. There's no. On, let's try this one. Depth right. to it. It's Sima Week. 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 No, no, that's a canyon. Work. No, no. It no. Work at all. Let's try this one. It's Sima Week. Better. Better. It's too Better. Superman. Better. Ah, yeah. yeah. Here's the deal. It's Sima Week, which means we are going to bring you an episode a day, all this week. Bonus, 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 bonus. Are we really doing that? It's well, going to be tiring. When we are recording the episode now, yes, that's our plan. Right. <laughs> Whether you get it every day, you'll know, <laughs> you'll know if we ended up in a uh, Vegas hotel room, our kidneys removed in a bathtub full of ice, if you don't get your... Here's the deal. If you Do don't you know get... that I had a friend that swears to me that his that happened to his that's buddy? That's true. And I go, are you... You're, like you're joking with me. Why, why would you... Why would you... And he goes, no, I'm serious. I go... How are you falling for it? You're like a 40-year-old man. He's like, no, I'm serious. No. It was my cousin. And I oh, go, yeah, it my cousin's friend. It never happened. No one ever removed a kidney and left the guy in a, ba- <laughs> a bathtub full of ice. It right. just never happened. That aside, I just want to tell our listeners that if you don't get an episode a day mm-hmm. all this week, something happened to us and send help. We're somewhere in Vegas. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you guys are going to get an awesome episode right now. This is a normal episode. And it's going to be the one that you expect on Mondays. So wait, is this pre-SEMA? It's pre-SEMA. Okay. But tomorrow, the day after, the day after, and the day after that are all going to be a bunch of really cool SEMA bonus episodes. So live from the uh, show floor, we're going to do interviews. We're going to talk about some of the cool things going on, meet some of the cool people that are there. A lot of truck content, I can tell you that. So this is a massive convention because most of you haven't been to to it. We'll describe it. So it takes over all of the Las Vegas Convention Center. And that is the North Hall, the Central Hall, the South Hall, the Upper South Hall, the whole front between the building and the street and the whole back lots. And 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 it just, it is They don't know the floor plan, but what we can tell you is the whole east side of Las Vegas is basically a car show. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is massive. And then, if you are in Las Vegas, if you happen to be someone in the in, in that area, um, Friday, this Friday, is SEMA Ignited. Yep. And SEMA Ignited is a car show. I do think that they charge to get in, but it's well worth the admission. Oh, it's awesome. You get to see some of the uh, show cars and display cars at SEMA actually driving out and hanging out in this big parking lot. Well, that's, a bunch become, of cool stuff. that's become the exit for SEMA. So yeah, you got right. all the show cars that will drive out under their own power. So these are all from hot rods to the most exotic of exotics to the biggest lifted trucks. Everything. Slim, everything in between. You watch the Ring Brothers. You know, you watch the Roadster Shop. You, watch, you might watch Watch a he Super was. Duty that's on 26 is lifted 42 inches, run over the back of a Lamborghini. That that has happened, <laughs> yes. Although I think that was a Jeep. It might be a, a Jeep. Yeah, yeah, hit that Lamborghini that year. <laughs> the streets are lined with bleachers. Yep. That is a big no, it's, deal. It's, it's awesome. So if you happen to be in Vegas but you're not going to the show, make sure you are around the convention center on Friday. Yeah, like Friday... Uh, 3 o'clock in Two, the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And then you it lasts all night. It's, yeah, It's for awesome. Sure. 
Definitely so a party. We are going to be bringing you content uh, and really cool interviews with a bunch of our friends, and we're hopefully we're going to meet a lot of new people this week. Uh, but first, we have to get to this show, and this show is rad because we're talking to Mr. Mike Finnegan, catching up with him again. Yep, decided to come back. And before we get to that, though, Holman, I'm looking at a photograph on my phone, and it was sent to me via Instagram, and it's a it's an object, it's a machine, and it's holding something. I'm going to describe what's in the machine. Your Instagram or the Truck Show Podcast? I'm, I'm sorry, uh, th- mine personally. Which okay, is kind so of weird. not yeah. at Truck Show Podcast, but um, at K Rocks Lightning. At K Rocks Lightning. And yes. by the way, where's all my love? Everybody has all these followers. I like stepped off Instagram for like five years. And, oh, five years. <laughs> and then I came back for the show because I figured I guess I should probably start Instagramming. And I have like 600. Instagram is, uh, you know how just like Facebook rewards you for being active? Uh, yeah, the yeah. more you post, the more, yeah. you know, it yeah, brings totally. you in fans. Instagram is the same way. So, so anyway, by Facebook. Yeah. So at, at Sean P. Holman. Yeah. So this is uh, at K Rocks Lightning. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the <laughs> old, I don't, people ask me, why are you still K Rocks yeah. Lightning? Um, it's because I want lightning, and right. there's a douchebag in England that won't give it to me. He doesn't use it. He's squatting on it. Some gamer kid. Truck shows lightning? Um, truck lightning? It should be like truck shows lightning, but that's really that's long. That's long. Yeah. TSP's lightning? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. All right, here, here's, all right, so I'm looking at this thing, and inside this box, uh, this metal, oh, I just closed it. Inside this metal box yeah. is a um, three different flavors of Doritos, Mm-hmm. Uh, two flavors of which, M&M's. Which flavors? Because we learned uh, last episode that uh, those were... Uh, Let's not get into it here. There's Lay's. There's, uh, I see Famous Amos. I see... Cup of Noodles. I see a, uh, a Honey Bun. I see... Ooh, there is a I Cup of Noodles in here. I said you weren't going to call me Honey Buns anymore. I'm not calling you a Honey Bun. What, do you, what is this object that I'm describing? Well, it's clearly a vending machine. It is clearly a vending machine. The key, though, is yes. that this vending machine is in Kentucky. Where in Kentucky? Um, I'm going to guess it's at some place where there are very hungry workers. <laughs> That's right. Ford's Kentucky truck plant. Ooh, this right. photograph was sent to me by Matt. And, um, are we going to call him and talk to him about his vending machine? Uh, well, no, oh. I, I have never spoken or I've never even, I've never corresponded with anybody who worked at, at, you know, at a, at a major manufacturer. Well, let's like be this. honest. Most of the pictures that you get, you can't really even talk about or describe on the air. So the fact that somebody sent you a vending machine, little different kind of kinky. It's pretty G-rated, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a little Well, you know, I'm not sticking my junk in a bag of Doritos. So, well, not that <laughs> anybody knows of. Let's get Matt on the phone. I got to talk to him. All right. Hold on. Let me... Uh... Come on in, Matt. <laughs> so, Matt, let's see. You're, I, get, I, I take it you're a listener of the Truck Show podcast because you sent me uh, an Instagram uh, DM a while back of a, a photograph of your vending machine at the Kentucky truck plant there at Ford. An amazing vending nobody, machine. Nobody cares about that. You know what's more important? What runs out first, the Oreos or the Cup of Noodles? We got a bunch of young guys now, so they're like frat boys. Cup of Noodles, I go first. See, told you. Cup of Noodles first, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Matt, you have <laughs> been at Ford for 20 years working on the line. What is it that you do there? I deck the transmission. So, hey, we have an engine coming down the line, and I put the transmission on, pick it up off the line, pushes it down the line. It's on an overhead trolley, so that's about all the, uh, the help I get. So I take an impact wrench, just like you use in the, the garage, torque down five to seven bolts, depending on the job. Are you putting on the transfer case, too, or are you just attaching the uh, trans to the engine? I just do the trans to the engine, and then three jobs down, the transfer case gets put on. Would you say that because you have to push that trolley along with all that weight, that your arms are uh, about the size of a 40-spline uh, axle shaft? Very specific. Larger. <laughs> Larger. <laughs> How did you get this job, and you've been there for 20 years? 
I had a family member. He said somebody at church gave her an application. So I said, well, I was a mechanic before that. I said, well, I'm pretty happy there. And everybody said, no, do it. Try it. So I did. Six weeks later, I was on the line. And I've been doing that same job the entire time. Whoa. So I know a lot of new manufacturing facilities, uh, companies have a philosophy of moving people around to different parts of the line because they don't want you to have repetitive motion injuries and they want you to be proficient at other parts of the assembly. How did you manage to stay in the same place the whole time? Kind of my choice. They recommend it, but they never really implement it till later on. So I kind of got grandfathered in. So it's easy enough when I'm doing one big thing instead of a thousand little things. So it suits me better. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense. I will tell you, um, that I have driven a lot of Ford trucks in the past 20 years. I mean a lot. And none of them have ever been missing a bolt from the uh, trans to the uh, bell housing. So congratulations to you, <laughs> sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> Quality is job one. <laughs> How right. many of these trucks have you helped to build, would you say, Matt? The other night we were figuring it up. I've probably done 1500000 give or take a few. <laughs> That's a lot of trucks. Oh my gosh, that's so many super so what, duties. So what was the first? Uh, what was the first truck that you worked on? Obviously, the body styles changed. Has this always? Has the Kentucky uh, truck plant always been uh, super duties and F two fifties and and bigger, or were they something else earlier on when you guys started? They did semis back in the early days. It's always been super duty since I've been there. Okay. And I started with the excursion in '99. There was two lines. The other line, the excursion. I've done Super Duty the entire time. After 20 years of doing the identical job every single day, is it like Groundhog's Day every day for you, or just, or do you enjoy it? Is it like, it's like muscle a memory? Yeah, it's muscle memory. Like a basketball player is just making three-pointers all day long, right? Right. Is that what it's like? Yeah, pretty much. At the point, they're all the same. You've got to verify what number it is, but other than that, it's just the same thing over and over again. I don't want to get anybody in oh, trouble no. over there, but I, I'm curious. Have you ever ridden an engine and transmission down the uh, down the trolley? <laughs> no. <laughs> that has not happened at all. <laughs> we can read between the lines there, Matt. Because <laughs> I just know that if somebody sure. left me on a third shift and uh, there was that last one of the day going by, I may figure out a way to uh, ride it to the next station. I, but that's me and why I'm not allowed in manufacturing. Yeah. Tell us about uh, about working well, I, at Ford, Matt. It's repetitive. <laughs> so, But other than that, there's plenty of opportunities. You got... Good money, plenty of opportunities to advance if you want to. There's, it's a great job. It's good to see our trucks out on the road, talking to customers and everything else. So it's, it's been rewarding. I mean, do you have a sense of pride in these things? Oh, it's big. We're all vested. You know, when we go out to the state fair, we've got a big presence out there, and just like the Texas fair, Sean went to. Yep. You know, we talk to the customers, and when I, I live out in the country. So my trucks are being used out here around me. So when somebody has a complaint, I'm always there to listen, or I'll especially love to hear their praise. I see a lot of them out here, so we must be doing a pretty good job. Now, do people come to you, Matt, and like all of your friends and family for, for help in fixing trucks because you've worked on one part of it? Hey, Matt, my uh, bell housing bolt is loose. Can you uh, take a look at that? No, but I mean, do they assume you know how the radio, you know, functions and everything else? I mean, parts that you have no nothing to do with. Oh, yeah. That's gone on for years, and I have to tell them, I don't see a completed truck. That's <laughs> probably 10 miles away from me. I said, I just know transmissions. So I, I'm curious. This is a stupid question, but it is the Truck Show podcast, so we're allowed to ask them. I want to know if somebody bought a Super Duty at some point, 
and you knew that you put that transit engine together, it's in your buddy's truck, or if you've ever crawled under a truck somewhere and went, yep, I did that. Is there a way to know? Could you hide like your signature somewhere? Could you take a, like an etching tool that like gangsters use on the to- <laughs> on the urinals? Oh, absolutely. Actually, <laughs> I have seen one of my transmissions in a truck at the uh, off-road expo. They had a white crew cab Super Duty sitting out, and I crawled up under it, and I could see where we put our job number on there. And the guy that works behind me, that preps the transmission, he puts his distinct signature on there as far as the job number. So I knew without a, a doubt that was my transmission I put on. I was being silly, but that's awesome. That's pretty cool that when you look under and you go, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure with a 1.5 million under your belt, there's probably a few more out there, but that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Like I said, he's because we have to put the number on because, of course, we don't just build in batches. We build a truck that's already been determined for the entire build throughout the plant. So we got to make sure that that, mo- that transmission goes on that motor. So it's it's got a, a job number on it, and he's very distinctive on how he writes it. So that's how I knew it. So back in the day, uh, before automatic transmissions completely took over uh, everything in the uh, in the Super Duty lineup, were you also responsible for putting manual transmissions, or have you always been an automo- uh, automatic transmission guy? I've always been both, and I'm still doing both. So the chassis cabs, so, I believe, still have a uh, manual you can order on the big, big stuff, right? That in Mexico. Oh, that's right. I didn't think about Mexico. Hey, Matt, do the executives, uh, the brass, ever come down and ask your opinion on how do you think we could improve, whether it's uh, you know um, making the line more efficient or, hey, do you guys have any, what interior colors? I have no idea. Do they ever lean on you for input? Uh, not usually. Okay. <laughs> They've got a, a, lot of, a lot of bean counters that do that. They'll come down when they want to talk about the tooling. As far as the, the end product, we're not really heavily involved. We can put in suggestions just like you know you could send it in a letter or whatever. But as far as the, the tooling, we get some input. They're ex- and that's know, working from, with uh, new guns now. They're electronic. And that's from an ergonomic standpoint too, right? The, how they come around, how easy it is to move. And then the guns you guys use that are electronic, my understanding is they actually record the job number on the gun as well as torque and stuff. So if there's any issues down the line, they can come back and figure out if things weren't being torqued properly and all that stuff. Is that is that true? That's about 75% of operations are. Transmission is not yet because they're having some uh, workaround problems with it because each transmission is different sized. So when you're using an impact with a 16-inch long extension on it, sometimes it hits the transmission and kind of scrubs off torque. Oh, so makes that's sense. the the biggest problem we're having right now because you know on a uh the 6.2 or even the uh the eco boost they're a lot smaller than the diesel transmission sure so you're going in at different angles that's the the, the biggest problem right now for the uh, torque sensing on the electronic guns we're still using air at this point so it's still up to you to make sure that those bad boys are torqued down right well luckily i don't have to torque them down all i do is Cinch them down, and they get torqued on other operations. Oh, okay. So that saves a little bit of wear and tear on my hands. So I could tell you, you know, he's talking about the uh, job number being on the uh, transmission and knowing which truck and trans right. were his. I could tell which ones would be mine. How? They'd be clocked wrong. <laughs> They'd be clocked wrong. <laughs> the stick shift would be in the driver's seat area, and the transfer case would be in the uh, no, no, back. No, 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 Matt, here's how we would know that Holman did it. There would be penises everywhere in Sharpie. That's true. I might I might, I might might sc- scroll one or two of those on. Just Every yeah. time that Holman comes by my office, I have a big-ass whiteboard on the wall. This is all lies, by he, the way. No, it's not, and he always finds, and there's, and so what he does is he puts a big one on there, so there's a, there's a just a big penis and gnarly big sized balls, but then, he, so you 
were immediately attracted to the big one, but then he hides itty bitty ones like inside letters yeah, or I don't be, know what you're talking behind about behind a piece of paper that's hanging from tape behind there. And so it's like months later, you How rip something you? off and you go, oh, damn, another one. <laughs> it's like all these Easter eggs have wieners. <laughs> I just have to, I just have to keep lighting on his toes, you know. <laughs> and it's, it might, I, I don't know if that story is completely true though. What do you mean if it's not completely I, true? I mean, I just don't know if that's really what happens. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, that's why exactly would you try what happens. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, we appreciate you reaching out and showing me your vending machine. We're actually trying to work out something with Ford to come visit. I don't know if it'll be your plant specifically, but we are going to visit Ford. I'm really excited about that. And and we're, we're, we're grateful for all you do there on the line and, uh, and twisting wrenches all day long and making sure that everything is safe and put together properly. Yeah, so. making a quality truck out there. Like I said, uh, not one truck have I seen without a uh, bell housing bolt. So I kudos to you, sir. 1.5 million trucks. How, yeah, how many did. bolts? Is it six per or? I do anywhere from five to seven, all depending right, so. on the uh, configuration. All right. So that's a lot of bolts. Round up 10, 10 million. million. Yeah, right, right. Holy mackerel. <laughs> all right, Matt. Thank you. Thanks, we'll brother. Talk soon. Have a good one. Oh, you too. Thank you, guys. <laughs> all, you all right. It. See all ya. Right, later. So that was kind of cool. I like talking to someone who actually builds our trucks. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Okay. Now it's time for Truck Review. Yeah. Rolling Colon Dragon Truck Nuts. Uh, oh wait! Oh, one. you did it too soon. <laughs> what is? What is, you can't do that. It's even, just no, we don't. It. We don't do it on that one anyway. No, we don't do it on that one. But if you're gonna do it, you gotta wait till to the guitar. They're like at the very end. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, God maybe that's what it. we do. Maybe we instead Dude, of uh, we, we're putting suckage through the through the. It's, oh, like, it's been the suckage for scale. 34 episodes. Wait a minute. Do you measure uh. suckage with a Richter scale? I don't think you do. It's a, it's a suckage scale? Suckage scale? Yeah, I don't know. Sc- suckage scale. Well, that was a seven. <laughs> yeah, it was a seven. Solid. <laughs> Maybe a 7.1. Tell me what were you doing this week because, and why did you get to yeah. drive all of my dream trucks? Yeah, so uh, this past week was the uh, annual Truck Trend Pickup Truck of the Year competition where we take all of the new 2019 trucks, put them through their paces. We do... Uh, Hauling and towing and now off-roading. This is, hold on. This is a an actual, like, real deal event where the manufacturers place some weight on this, correct? Oh, yeah. This is, if you've ever heard the Truck Trend Truck of the Year commercial or something like that, uh, that's us. That's us doing this. And we do um, have an amazing, the Billet Piston trophy that they get. And uh, and this is all legit. I mean, we have scales and uh and digital uh, equipment in order to do uh, how quiet they are and zero to 60 and quarter mile. We do braking 60 to zero. We do it with a payload, with a trailer. Okay, hold on a second. So this is not just four dudes with a little Oh, little this is my whole crew, and... like 12 of us. Okay, so you really do have DB meters. Yep. And you have- It's you, legit. And you really are putting the trucks on scales? Yeah. You really are- do- Okay. Yep, and we will tell you what the exact uh, payload is versus what the manufacturer tells you it is. And how will you how will you determine that? Curb weight versus gross vehicle weight rating. That's on the label on the door. Okay. And then we do- uh, All the trucks go get tested at max payload. Uh, we had eight of them. We had a uh, off-road package and a luxury package for each of the brand new half tons, the 2019s. We've got the uh, Chevy Silverado, the uh, GMC Sierra- we had the Ford F-150, and we had the new Rams. So um, it was pretty cool. The F-150s, we had a new 3-liter diesel. Oh, sweet, sweet engine, as well as the Limited that has the Raptor engine in it, but with street tires and suspension. Ooh, tell me more. Oh, my God. That thing is fast. 
podcast. Okay. Um, what it, did you get to do in it, or did you have to just keep it kind of chill the whole time? No, we did ev- we did everything in all of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, this was a test. This isn't like, well, just park those over there. We're going to just look at them. No, we're out using them. And Is it arbitrary? Like, how are you? But you're doing the same exact thing with each one. No, nothing's arbitrary. There's a whole matrix of how we score and how we judge. And we had the uh, Ford FX4 uh, Lariat with a three liter power stroke. We had the Ford Limited, F-150 Limited, with the Raptor engine, which is new for this year. So Ooh, that's right. 450 horsepower and 510 torque. That's the fast Ooh, luxury truck. Very fast. Uh, we had a GMC Sierra AT4, which is their off-road package with a 6.2 and 10-speed. We had a GMC Sierra, Den- or excuse me, Denali, Denali 6.2. Okay. We had a Chevrolet LTZ. Okay. Uh, 6.2, and a Chevrolet Silverado Trail Boss 5.3 with this... Eight-speed transmission. So all gas engines, correct? No. Oh. The Power Stroke out of the... Yes, for the GMs, all gas engines because the three liters not out yet. Okay, got it. Straight six. And then on the Rams, we had uh, two 5.7 e-torque engines. One was in a Rebel. Okay. And one was in a Laramie Longhorn. Ooh. Oh, wait a minute. That's the one outside. Shh. Don't tell anybody. I was supposed to give it back yesterday and I brought it here. <laughs> God. All the way to Vegas? That's I got, crazy. I got, a, I, got an angry, uh, I got an angry email and they're like, hey... Uh, our photographer needs to uh, take pictures it's, of the truck. He's not getting it for another week. It's like, here at SEMO. Um, I have it right now. Sorry. Tell me about that truck. So Yeah, so the Laramie Longhorn, real wood, real leather. Even the backs of the seats are leather. I mean, it's unbelievable. You, you open it up, and it smells like a tannery on the inside. Right. 12-inch Uconnect system. It's got that big you know, screen. It's like double it's the like size. Like 19 of it. speakers on that Harman Kardon system yeah, or something? 900 watt. Yeah. Dude, it sounds awesome. There's speakers in the headliners. I think there's speakers like in the seats, too. Or in the floor or something. There's speakers like everywhere you look, there's a damn speaker staring yeah. at you. Yeah, um, that's it's, what you need. It's a big ass cabin. You got to fill it with audio. Oh, yeah, in the back seat recline. So tell me about the uh, the driving experience on all of these. All so, right. so first thing I want to know is which one rode the best? Because mm. as we've talked about before, some of the GM products ride a little more stiffer than mm. the others. So that's kind of hard to say. I would say probably the Ram 1500 with the coil springs on it, the uh, coil spring suspension. But I also really like the Ram Rebel that had the uh, steel spring Bilstein shocks on it and definitely rode firmer, but it just was very like, just felt very Germanic or taut, you know, just, it was stiff, but still compliant and comfortable. Okay. I thought it actually rode a little bit Germanic, better. like a BMW? Germans, yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, where I kind of feel like the Laramie Longhorn is maybe a little bit too soft. Okay. Where you go over stuff and you'll heave a little bit. I wasn't as impressed with the GMs. The GMs were great on the highway. But anytime you got into like some some ripples or waves, the truck would tend to pogo. Hmm. Uh, you know, the rear and front would go up and down at the same time. So we had that also with the payload of the GMs and hard braking would pogo. And so that was kind of a, a weird sensation. No, no other trucks did that. The GM chassis is amazing, other than that pogo issue. Chassis in that it's stiff. It's very stiff. Okay. No squeaks and rattles. Solid. Feels like granite. Uh, comfortable ride. The steering and brakes are phenomenal on that truck. Like you get in and everything just feels great. But then you get in the Ram and the GM di- interior is just such a disappointment. Like it's it's if you're in a current GM product, you'll get in, you'll be like, oh yeah, this is a nice upgrade. You get into anything else and it's it's kind of like eh. The thing about the Ram is whether you're in the Rebel or you're in the Longhorn or the Limited, every trim level has a theme or a feel. You know exactly what truck you're in. On the GMs, every interior was exactly the same. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like anything special about them. And everything was black, except for on the either the Trail Blaster, I think maybe the uh, AT4 had some brown leather inserts. And so it's sort of when you're hopping between four trucks and you kind of want to get a feel for how they're different. And the GMCs had a little nicer metal trim. Mm-hmm. 
and a couple of color differences and that's it. it just in the sea of black interior you spend that kind of money 65 grand plus for a truck and it doesn't feel any different than a $50,000 truck whereas the ram that $15,000 difference is like huge the rebel amazing interior but the limited or the laramie longhorn is like a whole whole other level i mean right. it's it's I would put it up against any Bentley. I mean, it's that nice. Oh my God! Like, really? It's unbelievable. Well, the nice screen thing. is just ridiculous. The that screen was awesome. it thirteen inches? How big is that thing? Yeah, twelve inches. Okay. Yeah, so twelve inches. So it's like the two eight-inch screens stacked on top of one another. So I've noticed uh, driving. We, we've at work. We've got quite a few trucks right now. We actually have uh, a couple of Rams. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, a couple of new six seven, the Ford six sevens. Uh, Super Duties, and we have, uh, and they're all these, I'm talking about one-ton trucks, Yeah, um, and we have um, a couple of LPPs, the Duramax, and they all steer really differently, mm-hmm. which I know that sounds weird, like, so they, not just the ride quality, but the way they steer, yeah. and at speed, at, at 60 miles per hour, they feel very, very different. different. And um, almost the Super Duty is like very plush and compliant, whereas the GMs... It's tend to t- ride it's harder. It's twitchy. Almost a little bit too quick on the steering. The Rams have always been quick on the steering. Okay. The Rams are always going to be more responsive. So for me, I always liked the Super Duties with a trailer because the steering was a little bit slower. So it felt better with a trailer attached. But then at empty, I always liked the Rams better because the steering was a little bit quicker And you're usually town. empty. I mean, yeah. so... So I enjoy that quicker steering. But these new half tons were, were awesome. The, the Fords... Granted, they came out in 2015. Their age is showing. The interior materials are as nice. The layout and stuff isn't anywhere near the competition. The uh, current sync system is way better than the old system, but nowhere near the Uconnect in terms of resolution of the screen, how fast it is, how pretty the pictures are, how, you know, the interface. It's just It just doesn't hold a candle. That RAM has the industry standard now with that 12-inch Uconnect. And if that if that Uconnect goes down, does it take a whole mess of systems with it? Does air conditioning go down, or is it? Or is no, it just... there's some redundant controls around it. Oh, there are. Yeah, so there's some hard buttons. Not maybe all the hard buttons that I'd want, but there are hard buttons around it. Okay. For the basic stuff you want, like uh, auto now, let, and fan control. Let me ask you about this. So on the RAM, it's still got the uh, the dial uh-huh. select for yep. park, which neutral. gives it a massive center console that has a sliding cup holder, so you can have the cup holders at any position you want. And the console is so big, you can put a 15 inch laptop in the bottom. And it'll lay flat. Oh my gosh! Well, I, th- that is awesome. But I'm specifically—is it weird no. shifting with that dial? No, there's and, people and at work feel, who hate it. Does it feel dangerous no. that you could put it in the wrong gear? And no. it won't you know, let you do that. It, it won't. No. Okay. It's and it'll even tell you like if you turn it off and park, it'll say resetting or auto reset of gear selector knob or whatever. Okay. But the uh, you get used to it. And honestly, I like it. There's people at work who don't like it. They like to rest their hand on a column, you know, and steadies your hand. I will say with a big touchscreen. It would be nice to have a column shifter where you can steady your hand because off-road or whatever. Sometimes you miss oh, the target. Gotcha. I will say that it's very interesting. Between the limited Ford F-150 and the FX4 Lariat, the diesel is so smooth and so quiet. It's deceptively powerful. It doesn't feel quick, but it can feel fast, if that makes sense. Once the turbo spool, it's just uh, it just doles out nice, even ribbons of torque. Well, tell me for those trucks, 60 to 80. Uh, I don't know. I have to look at our. No, I'm talking uh, about like you feeling like. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So from 60 to 80, I mean, they're all exceptional. The 6.2 in the GMs is unbelievable at that 10 speed. Um, I think our uh, one of our Sierras had the uh, GM accessory exhaust on it, so it was just glorious. You know, 
The uh, the diesel was very deceptive. It felt underpowered, if if I can even say that, compared to the other trucks. Mm-hmm. But you would never feel that way if you got into it. Like it it's got plenty of power, more than adequate. But just when you're with you know the six twos and four hundred and twenty horse trucks and things like that. But what was interesting is I've told you this before. I hate the sound the Raptor makes, the fake engine noise on the inside. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting is you can't turn it off in the Raptor. Well, they took that drivetrain and they put it in the Limited. Can't turn it off in the Limited either. And what's fascinating about that is you get in the diesel and the diesel is so quiet and it's so smooth and it's so isolated. And then you get in the Limited, which you would think would be even more isolated and even more, but then you have the fake engine noise kind of ruins the experience oh, a little bit. Oh, interesting. You know, like I don't need that. Do if you think I'm, they'll rethink that? I mean, I hope so. I, we've I've, I've talked to them about you, it. You have, you, yeah. I've said about you know, it. at least let us turn it off in the in the settings or something like that. You know, because it comes through the head unit, and it's just it's unnecessary. I want to hear that engine well with the turbos going. You know, and so it was a little bit of a letdown that you have this plush, luxurious, quiet truck, but then you have a fake engine soundtrack that's dubbed in over over your experience. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And for me, I've always had trouble getting comfortable in the Fords. I felt like the the relationship with the steering wheel to the dash to the seats, which are often over bolstered, does it I, feel like you're too far away? And it just feels like the instrument panel is too far away, but the steering wheel is not in the right spot. And the steering wheel is so thick that it blocks off the gauges. So if I use the telescoping to get it to where I can see the gauges, it's in the wrong spot. Whereas if I get in the Ram, I'm instantly comfortable. The GM also now with that steering wheel centered. You know, it's just, it's amazing the differences you see when you go from truck to truck to truck, back to back for a thousand miles for for six days. So I, would, I wonder if people shop this way. I'd love to hear from you guys. If you can, email us at truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or hit us on the socials. When you're looking for a new truck, are you just, I'm a GM guy, I'm a Ram guy, I'm a Ford guy. Are you cross shopping? Or, or well, or do you really cross shop? Because yeah. you do, because it's your, it's, your, it's your business. But- for me, like in years past, as I've spoken many times about- You wouldn't even I, go to a Ford dealership. You I wouldn't, wouldn't even consider it. I wouldn't. Um, and I think a lot of people are probably like that. Yeah. But it, I think that we're now, and we talked about this maybe on the, sh- the last show or the show before that, is that it's really a different time in trucks when you really should oh, well, go out and experience Nobody makes a, a bad truck, but it's funny- you will find the differences in the user friendliness, you know, the user friendliness issues amongst them. And I, I say that because there were things that were a big letdown for me on the GM trucks that would only bug you if you owned it and you drove it every day. If you borrowed it, you'd be like, oh, great truck. But then when you live in it day in and day out, it's like stupid things. Like, for instance, you can't reset the trip without the truck running. So when you're at the gas station, typically while you're filling up, you're do resetting trip and setting up all your computers. Well, you have to have the engine running because the thing will tell you. Let's turn the engine on to access. And you're learning, like, why can't he reset the trip? That is weird. With the key just in the on position. Yeah. You know? Like, that's weird. It's um, not a deal breaker. No, it's just annoying. Uh, the seatbelts, there's no seatbelt height adjuster on the B pillar on the GMs. What? Um, and then, like, on the RAM. So it's slicing your neck if it's at the wrong. If Depending on how tall you are. I mean, I, right. I, I think it's set at 90. I'm 6'6, six, six, so it's like, you know? 6'6 <laughs> uh, six, six minus <laughs> how many inches? Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, I, I think that it's one of those things that is set at 90th percentile. So most people won't be bothered by it, but for those who do, they'll be really bothered by it. And then, like, for instance, the Ram has adaptive cruise control. The Ford has adaptive cruise control. They have blind spot monitoring. The GMs don't have adaptive cruise uh, cruise control. Or the fact that the Ford, you have to, the blind spots are turned off on the half ton when you're towing. The Ram has it set up where it automatically detects you plugging in a trailer, 
and the blind spot system, after a couple right turns and left turns, figures out where the rear end of the trailer is and automatically sets up your blind spot for trailer length. No way. Without you doing anything. That's great. Um, some of the trucks had um, power down tailgates. Some of them had power up tailgates. The uh, GMC, one of our GMCs had the Alpine, so the multi-pro tailgate. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Best thing ever done to a truck it ever. Really? It's amazing. Okay. There's like six positions, but they made it even cooler because they put a stereo system in the inside of it. What? So when you fold it down to the real low position, it's got two speakers that Wait, fire what out. What low, real low position? It goes all the way down like it opens all the way wide? Well, it opens. Like it, it, it flaps opens, all the way down so it's pointing at the ground? It opens parallel to the bed. Yeah. And then the middle part goes perpendicular to the bed to oh, be a step. Oh, so right. It's got in, another flap? Yeah. So in that panel, yeah. they have an Alpine stereo system that's all Bluetooth. Shut the front door. You know, it's awesome. That was like the best thing about the That is GM the ultimate truck. tailgating truck. Oh, for sure. What? So, I mean, like all these little things that make them all different. Here's another thing. the uh, On the Ram trucks, if you look at the tailpipes, like Rams always had those Frenched-in tailpipes that have like the bumper is molded it's around it. It's right? dimpled up and around yeah. it, yes. And, it's, and those are the real exhaust tips. And this year they went half an inch bigger. I think they're three and a half now or four uh, inch now. And before they were three or three and a half. But they're the real exhaust tips. Those are stainless steel polished tips that are welded to an exhaust pipe. When you go to the GMCs, they have a badass, like, flattened, hexagonal sort of styling one. But the tailpipe just goes through the middle of it. It's actually attached to the bumper. Ah. So for me, it's like- more decorative. Yeah, it's just like those little things. A truck should be authentic. I love the look of it, but it's a disappointment- when it's not part of the exhaust. Yeah, you just found it for beautification. Right, and it just feels kind of, it cheapens it a little bit. Mm. So there's some things about that where I felt GM had great ideas, but there's lacking in the details. Like, see, on top of the multi-pro tailgate, which was awesome, another thing about the GM trucks that's really cool is if you look in the rear bumpers, they have those footsteps in the corner, right? On the Ram and the Ford, the blind spot monitoring detector, the radar, is in the taillight housing. In the Chevys, it's in the bumper buried at the end of where those foot pads are. Right. So that it's protected by the bumper. And so there's like, that's a great idea. So, and the trailering assist and all the things that that GM offers in the Silverado and the Sierra are awesome. A, a great suite of apps and stuff to help you tow better. But I just think the execution for me, I was just, everybody was really impressed with the Ram. I don't know if that's what's going to win our of the year this year. We'll announce it. You still have to add everything up, but we'll announce it around the the uh, LA Auto Show at the end of uh at the end of November. Okay, so can you tell me historically, is there one manufacturer that typically sweeps up or is it kind of a mixed bag? No, it's a mixed bag. Okay. It's a mixed bag. I I think most of the manufacturers are leapfrogging each other constantly. Uh, Although this year was kind of interesting because we had Ford, GM, and Ram all represented in our test. And this is the first year we decided to do a luxury version and an off-road version so that we could kind of see the extremes of the trucks and and give the award to a brand rather than a model. Oh. And so mixing it up. And that way we have more trucks to test, more features, but then we have a cheaper version and more utilitarian version that we can talk about so people don't think, oh, well, you're only testing luxury trucks. I'll never buy a $68,000 truck. So this doesn't matter to me. And so this year we have the off-road packages mixed in. So it, it was it was cool. I'll tell you the uh, AT4, the Trail Boss, were a lot of fun off-road. Although we did have some issues that we'll, we can talk about uh, after the story comes out in Truck Trend, which I think is might. Where, where did this all go down? 
Uh, Southern California, thousand miles. As okay. north as Pismo Beach, as far east as Big oh, Bear. Oh, it wasn't just like downtown LA. It was everywhere. No, no, it was no. All we, over the place. It was, yeah, it was it was a giant loop. And is this uh, all video recorded? Can we see this on Motor Trend uh, on demand? Uh, no, go to trucktrend.com and you'll see uh, the stories and and uh, Instagram. There's been Facebook. But lives. Will, we, will we see you and 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 your counterparts going driving and in, in some of it? Some yeah, of it. Okay, yeah, it'll be so some highlights. Okay, yeah, yeah, all of the photos and and the story, all that stuff is up at trucktrend.com. Okay, I mean, I think. People People find it really interesting. I feel more confused about my future truck purchase than <laughs> now. Granted, I, I'm still leaning and less leaning. I should say, mm. I'm still leaning at a diesel, but I am. I don't. I thought I was going to tow a lot more um, with trailering. Well, you got your Hallet that and, you're and rebuilding Hallet, right but now, right? Man, the Hallet is just how endless. much does the Hallet weigh uh, on the trailer? It's fourteen thousand. It's that heavy? Oh yeah, it's a thirty, almost a. Well, you're gonna need foot. you're gonna need a three quarter ton. Yeah, two two Chevy big blocks in there. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, but I I probably won't be towing that thing for another couple years. Yeah, honestly. but you're probably not gonna buy your truck for another year or so, right? Ish. I don't know. Oh, you know, I'm getting close oh, here. I'm gonna have to because because uh, this one's going up for sale. The dually's going up for sale uh, pretty soon, yep. and I want something that's. Uh, you know, contemporary. Well, I would hold build. off. Hold off because next year all the heavy duties get updated. I know. And so if the half tons are any indication of the leap in technology, drivability, usability, function, all those things, I think we're going to have a hell of an interesting time next oh, year man. with the heavy duties. Because the new Ram is phenomenal. The The GMs are, are you know, a great product. Ford, of course, always in the mix and is not going to let anybody, you know, move their cheese or take their lunch, right? So. Right. It's a good time to be a truck guy. The truck wars are not slowing down by any means. There's the a lot not of stuff. Slowing, I mean, it's it's. I've never seen them like this before. Yeah, I've always seen them like incrementally one up each other. Yeah, but they're just going for it now. Yeah. they're just straight going for it. Yeah, it was interesting, and to see the different philosophies and in, in design and and where they wanted to take these different trucks. Obviously, the Trail Boss and the uh, Rebel are sort of playing the same space. Not quite Raptor, but maybe more than like a ZR2 or a uh, Tacoma TRD Pro. I got to tell you, that Rebel, you can get it without air suspension now. That's one of the things that I asked Ram for. You like, brought up the Rebel about 10 times uh, in this conversation. I know. I, 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 I want to get to this. But it's not impartial. It's that I was impressed with it. Now they offer a steel spring version of the Rebel. I was never super stoked on the Rebel with the air suspension. Yes, it had the Bilsteins. Yes, it was an upgrade. The problem is they had to work with Continental on the airbags. They had to auger out the center of the airbag to put a thicker, bigger bodied Bilstein in there. But the problem with the airbags, because it's a coilover design or it's an airbag overshock design, obviously not coil if it's air, but those airbags trap in the heat. And the airbags have uh, rebound springs inside. And so when you're at the highest position, you lose wheel travel and the truck doesn't feel as good. Now, the new airbag uh, or air suspension Rebel feels a lot better than the old one. Okay. But they're offering a steel spring, which means there's no height adjustability. It's all suspension. And the front has Bill Steins and the rear has Reservoir Bill Steins. And they are tuned and really impressive. Not a Raptor, not an, a TRX, if that is such a thing that may right. come to market, but a hell of a nice off-road package. Rear locker and 33-inch Goodyear Duratrax. And um, I'm just telling you, I spent a lot of time in all of these trucks and I just, you know, I took a little bit away from each of them. I, I can appreciate each of them a little differently now. 
um, rather than just going on a manufactured drive somewhere. And I was just really impressed. This whole crop of trucks is awesome. I cannot wait to uh, to check out the coverage at trucktrend.com and find out what you actually chose for uh, Truck of the Year. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have it out in, uh, I guess, a month or so. Excellent. Wow, that's uh Truck review. Yeah. Roll the colon dragon truck nuts. Now it's time to dial Mr. Mike Finnegan. Finnegan again? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Yo. Mr. Yo. Mike Finnegan, Lightning and Home and Truck Show Podcast. What's up, Mikey? What's going on? We would like you to pull up a stool. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a, a story. story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? <laughs> How about you do that? <laughs> well, so did you well, like this? Do you like this? No, you don't have to. No. But <laughs> did you like this intro or the other one better? I'm trying to remember what the other one was. I remember liking it, though. Uh, oh. The other one was uh, the Who Dis. Yo! The Truck Show! <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A Truck Show interview you don't want to miss! We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry! How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck Show represent! So which one do you like better? You like pull up a stool or who dis? Uh, who dis is probably better for my ego. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, good. The stool is less annoying. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit. Yeah, yeah we got it. We balanced it out a little bit. A little bit. Hey, um, I need your help really quick here. I've got a couple questions for you that I need to, before we get into this uh, this heavy hitting interview, um, Mr. Finnegan. I need you to help me. I'm thinking about opening up a truck themed bar. Okay, Holman doesn't know about this yet. I do now. Uh, you do now. Thank you. We're thinking about opening up a truck theme bar, and I wanted to run three potential names by you. All right, you tell me your favorite, and whatever you choose, that's the name of the bar. Wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy, right? It. First one. You ready? Yes. Cummins or Goins? <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. It's it's Cummins or Strokin. No, no. Power Stroke, Cummins. This sounds like a strip club, not a bar. Yeah, uh, okay, maybe, maybe not that maybe one. Right. All right. All right, how about the Broken Shackle? Sounds like a Western. I mean, a little bit. Maybe I'm in Texas. No? Yeah, okay. it's very, it's very Western-like. Or a All right, this is the one, then. Bar. This is the one, then. You ready? Yes. Jimmy Airbags, House of Pops. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now. I, I, I'm no expert, but I think your career in uh, you know, the restaurant-slash-bartend business is going to be short. Okay. <laughs> All right, so maybe I won't own a bar. Uh, I won't open a bar. This will go down team. in history as the day Mike Finnegan shot down your dreams of being a restaurateur. <laughs> Wouldn't even help me name it. God damn, Mike. All right, and so I don't have a better name. I still think Finnegan's uh, 999 race number, I, th- I think that's still my favorite story for if his tr- truck, boat, car flips upside down, it's 666. 666, <laughs> yeah. I was just at the NHRA Museum, and there's a famous uh, Bonneville land speed record holder that had 666 on all of his cars. Really? Yes. And, of course, someone's going to source me and, and know the name, and I just can't think of it right now. But um, I, I walked in the museum, and I thought, this guy had balls. Like, And this is in the 60s or 70s, I want to say. Do you yeah, see- you know he was probably frowned upon for that back then. 
Yeah, right. But he just probably didn't give a rat's ass, and he was setting world records. But yeah, so six six six, and it, I don't I don't know. It, Do you it, think when he set his uh, like hundreds of miles an hour record, he stuck his finger <laughs> middle finger out the window? He uh, probably was just <laughs> one of those ornery old rich dudes, like f the world. <laughs> Yeah, God, I wish uh, I could be one of those. When you're going that fast, you can't hear the haters. All, <laughs> <laughs> we, all right, that's the name. Uh, that's the name of the bar right there. You can't, you can't hear, hear the haters. The haters. <laughs> you can't hear the haters. Finnegan, this week is the biggest week in automotive in in the U.S. I would say. I know that there's, you know, the Detroit Auto Show. There's the the Texas uh, the the State, State Fair, Fair and all these things. But as far as the industry goes, this is like the mecca, right? Is it big for you, or are you just getting dragged there because you're a Discovery Channel guy and a Motor Trend guy? Uh, no, it, it's big for me. I mean, I haven't been sleeping because of it, so it, it's dominating my life right now. Is that true? <laughs> Why? Uh, rebuilding one of my cars to go inside of the Holly booth. That's the blasphemy, uh, right? Yeah, so it's just been kicking my ass for a week and a half now. Dude, I, so. I saw your pictures that you put up on Instagram. That thing looks as good as it's ever looked, and I thought it was cool before. Well, describe the car, because I'm not familiar with it. You don't you so don't have the blast a, me? No. Oh. It's a 55 Chevy Bel Air with a 528 cubic inch Chrysler Hemi in it. Oh, wait and, a minute. Uh, is this is this the one on your uh, the half mile, the... The half mile yeah. world's greatest drag race. Okay, so I do know the car. I've seen yeah. it on TV. All right. The world's biggest ass kicking. Yes. I just love that yeah. it has a Hemi in it. Oh, it's so much. It's such a fun car, but good God, it's always broken. <laughs> what's the uh, What's the best you've ever broken it? Oh, so last year during Drag Week on day two, I was in the burnout box getting ready to make a pass, and it dropped a valve, and that valve played ping pong oh. in the motor. And junked everything but the block. Oh, I, I, I managed, dude. I had to sleeve the aluminum block and rebuild the blower. Everything else in between, junk. Heads, that's cam, dude, crank. That's a lot of junk. Crank. How much did that cost you? I had to sell my 69 Firebird to pay for it. Oh. It was a rough. And, and so then I, in September of this year, go back to Hot Rod Drag Week. And this year I finish, which I'm extremely proud about and finally got the car to run an eight second pass and wow. then i was in like second place and i knew i could i had a shot at winning so i turned up the boost went again and destroyed the motor again <laughs> uh which is why i have gotten very little sleep this week because i had to rebuild i had to get the car rebuilt put back together uh by tomorrow so that it could go in a trailer to vegas for uh SEMA. Are so. you driving it out, or is it is Holly picking it up for you? No, God, the thing's so unreliable. I'm not driving it out. <laughs> so what days? Uh, what days are you going? Do you have any like autograph signings and cool like famous guy stuff that you do now? I'm there every day. I'll be there. I get in. <laughs> it's awesome. I get in there Monday. No, I get in Sunday night, and then Monday in the parking lot of the convention center, I'm swapping superchargers on it because the one that's on there is no good. And then I'm driving it in, and then uh, I don't know, hanging out all week and drinking. Here's an idea. Uh, wait, wait. You miss that hanging out and drinking. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly That's what you're supposed to do. pretty much what you do at, at, in the evening. Sometimes during the day at SEMA. Do you actually enjoy SEMA? Or, or is it, do, I, you, do you have, is it like hanging out with friends? Or is it just, uh, I got to go again? No, I, I actually enjoy going there because I like seeing all the new parts. So I, yeah. I try to wander off early in the morning and towards the end of the show and just see as much stuff as I can. That's the way to so. do it. I think this is like 17 for me. It's got to be... 18, 19 for you, Mikey? Something like that? That's somewhere around for me, too. 
2000. I think it was the first year I went. 2000, so, yeah, yeah, so eight, 18. 18 years. Man. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've missed any of them. I, I remember the lean years where, like, the recession hit. Dude, yeah. Half of every hall had a curtain in it because there weren't any booths in the back half of the hall. And it is so different now. Like, the last two or three years. And I remember, I mean, you and I were both magazine guys uh, at the time during the recession. And just the whole industry, like it was somber. You'd walk in the hall and it would be like the hall was a giant succubus. It would just, it would just suck the life out of you. And you're like, man, there's nothing new. Nobody was happy. Everybody was talking about the election and everybody was talking about shutting their business down. And then we went through the turnaround and you go in there now and it's freaking electric again. And I think this, the last stats I saw from SEMA are something like 130,000 people come to SEMA. Oh, yeah. It's giant. I can't even... It's. Not, I don't think the last three years I've seen the whole show. I haven't. I've, I've been there the whole week and I've not seen the whole show. They expanded to the uh, gold lot and that annex, and uh, and I think they said if you walk the whole thing, it's like thirty miles. Oh, dude, it's nuts. There's there's poor poor people like brand new exhibitors like crammed into hotel room ballrooms, and there's people in the parking lot. Like I don't know how they fit it all in. So here's the thing about me, and here's why I'm different than you guys because I will carve out two full days, and I will see all of it. I will not stop. And I go through and I'll take notes and I'll go, I'll start at the North Hall. Then I do the Central Hall. I go all the, out the back door. Then I go to the Toyota Tread Pass. Then I go to the South Hall, upper and, and lower South Hall. Then I go outside. I see everything. And I, and I am absolutely destroyed by the yeah. second day. And then you, then you clock out at the end. And you're like, I did it all. And you're like, oh crap, gold lot, Apex, right? I don't do, I, yeah. last year was the first year I ever did Apex. Isn't that crazy? And Apex is the show where you buy these nuts and bolts uh, and oil heim, heim joints and, yeah, yeah, and things yeah. like that, right? Yeah. And, and I found that really fascinating, although I didn't, if I had spoke, if I spoke Chinese, I'd get along <laughs> a lot better in there. Yeah. There's so many manufactured in there um, that from all around the world, but I, that was kind of interesting. A little sterile compared to SEMA. Yeah. Apex is the show that goes on simultaneously to SEMA. Apex is where you go when you want to like bootleg somebody's clear taillights and get arrested for it. Yeah. 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 So uh, was it, I think it was Omix? Somebody... Um, did an intellectual property complaint, what, two years ago, and some of the exhibitors got marched on out and the uh, federal marshals came in because they uh, f- were stealing intellectual property there. There were years where, like, there were knockoff MSD boxes, like, on display at the show. Knockoff, dominator carburetors, like, it's it's crazy how brazen some of those companies from overseas are. About yeah, they changed, like, one letter. Dominator. Yeah. Will you be in a place at any point during the week where the average Joe who's not a SEMA member can come visit you? We'd be hanging out at like, you know, the Mirage or something. Uh, let's see. Last year I watched the Dodgers. Where were we? We had dinner one night. I was in a pizza joint last year watching the Dodgers. See, I know where they can go. So Monday night I'm getting inducted into the Mini Truck Hall of Fame. What? What? Why are we leaving yeah, with this? <laughs> they have one. Who? Where? What are you talking it's about? Ha- it's happening. They have one. I don't think it's a physical place. It's just a gathering of mini truckers who that's awesome. Kind of just get together and celebrate people that have done things with mini trucks. Who's the they that's putting this together, and how do we not know about it? So I think Bob Hayes leads the charge. He's the world's oldest mini trucker, I believe. That's the crown. <laughs> He's he in ninety five. That's, that's the record that he holds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bob's super cool. Bob. Bob is. You know, driving force behind some of the oldest and coolest mini truck shows and truck runs there are that are still going on. And and uh, he and a committee of I don't know how many people, I think 10 people, including uh, our mutual friend, Mike Alexander, get together every year and vote in like 
a legendary truck or a legendary painter or a hack journalist like me or you know is that the plaque says hack journalist uh, category is that how you were inducted yeah i got in there because i worked at mini trucking magazine um i think that's how i got in i don't i don't think it was for my trucks or anything i think it was I need, I need to go back and look. I, <laughs> he doesn't even know. Is <laughs> at the right place at the right time? I, so I don't know. I just <laughs> That's awesome because for the rest of your life, no matter where you go, you can tell people you're a Hall of Famer. doesn't matter what it is or, or what your Hall of Famer well, is. Wait, wait, That's wait, pretty wait, awesome. Wait, is there a ring that they give you or some I kind would of- say I don't have to tell them anything. I could just show them the $400 ring I just bought. A $400 ring? You just Dude, bought? Dude, it's a monster like Super Bowl-looking ring. Like, and I don't wear jewelry, but I bought this thing. I was like, oh, hell, I got to have this. So, <laughs> Wait a minute. Can you share it with us? We need to post that at, at Truck Show Podcast. Uh, I don't have it yet. I mean, I get it, yes. I get it next Monday. But, you know, it well, hold on a second. Is this this is like a class ring or this is Super Bowl style? Because a class ring is always kind of like almost. It's a wannabe, right? Your high school class ring. The photo I saw, this thing, it was either on a vertically challenged person or it's giant. One or the other. Is it by Jostens? Because class ring, catalog. Do they do everyone around the country? Or is that a California thing? I John, don't know, but they dude, do some of the Super Bowl rings and stuff. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Alexander was like, "Hey, I need your ring size," and I had no idea what it was. I, was like, I don't know, dude. So I rolled into a jeweler. They sized me up. I, you know, was like, "Sweet, I'll, I'll, I'll kick down the money for this thing." You're like, uh, they're I, like, I, I are, are you getting married? And you're like, "No, Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer." <laughs> so where are you doing uh when you where are you doing interviews or uh signings and you know booths and stuff like that where can uh, people going to SEMA find you let's see uh they can find the bel air we'll be in the holly booth um i'm not doing a signing there but i'll be in the heat shield products booth the optima battery booth the the uh, TechFlex booth, basically Central Hall almost every day I'll be in there somewhere. If you follow my Instagram page, I'll have a post probably uh, Friday this week, letting everybody know. You are in more booths than a booth of babe. Oh, dude, I'm a whore. <laughs> Do you, are you wearing a mini skirt, like a little crop top? No, he's wearing a mini truck, or, right? <laughs> uh, you know, jorts. jorts. Jo- he's know, wearing hairy. jorts. I'm hairy. You know, not a mini skirt. I'm, I'm part Yeti, so I don't think anyone wants to see that. What are you doing truck wise these days? I mean, we were looking at the roadkill stuff from uh, season seven and the old El Camino pickup truck, and we were looking at all, oh all the cool things that got launched off the cliff in Alaska that we were talking to Freiberger about last time. But what do you got going on <laughs> truck wise? Uh, for roadkill right now, we're we're starting to plan out season eight, which is nuts to say we're doing an eighth season. I know that is crazy. Um, from what I've been told, we're actually doing an eighth and a ninth. Like for sure, which is cool. So uh, you guys will definitely hit a hundred episodes then, because you're already at like eighty four, eighty five, right? Yeah, I believe we did the math, and episode one hundred happens in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Now you so. don't have like a Seinfeld deal or something like Friends, where once it hits a hundred, it goes into syndication, and you make money forever. Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> that would we be weren't even awesome. smart enough to own a piece of the show. <laughs> we're just we're just going to work. But you guys, but I mean, in all honesty, you never knew it was going to be a smash like the way it is. Oh, God, no. No, we were, I mean, you got to remember, we were magazine journalists, you know. So for the first two years we did Roadkill, that was just what we did on the weekends. So Kind of like our podcast. We, I mean, we, we're just like, let's just do well, this for fun. I think you told us last time you started off on, you know, YouTube and you thought, oh, it's free. Like, what, <laughs> whatever, let's just yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all it was. And, and you know, until recently, it was just still on YouTube. Um so it's it's in other spots now. You can watch it on the Velocity cable channel and and on the streaming service, MotorTrend.com. But yeah, we 
we had no expectations for the show. I mean, you got to remember when we when we launched Roadkill, we all had blackberries and we're watching cat videos on YouTube and we thought 100% true. There's no way anyone will watch a 20-minute car show on YouTube through a friggin' Blackberry and we were wrong. We were totally wrong about it. <laughs> that, that's like <laughs> one of those things where you look back, you're like, I was on the wrong side of history there. I'm like, I can't really defend myself. I just was. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, with this show, we can't make it. It's too long. There's no way. Because we were we were watching like streetfire.net and we were watching YouTube and all oh the videos. Oh my God, back I forgot about two that. To, two to three minutes long car videos. You know, they, they there was, there wasn't, I don't think anything long form on there for car guys at the time. That's crazy because if you think about it, eight seasons. So, starting back, what is that? Pro- I think you guys ended up doing a couple seasons over the course of a year. So it's not truly eight years, but it's probably like what five or six years of doing this now. No, it uh, it's eight years. Is so it fully we eight years. Season? season, yeah, one yeah, because season a year. it's not TV. Because it's not TV. What we call a season for us is a year. We only okay. we normally do like twelve to fifteen episodes a year. So this will be our eighth year. What was what was the hardest? The hardest uh, season and then the hardest episode. Like, was there a year that you just thought, oh, this is so rough? Whether it's, I don't know, something else encroaching, like family life, or or maybe the director was a pain in the ass to work with, or was there a really tough season? The first two seasons were really hard, just because we were working full-time at Hot Rod Magazine and doing this on the side. Actually, first season was just pure bliss. It was just so much fun to do it, and I didn't have a baby at the time. It wasn't until season two that we popped out our first kid and then suddenly, you know, my life got very, very crazy and hectic. And I was still drag boat racing, working hot rod full time and then trying to run back home and hang out at home as much as I could with uh, my wife and my son. It wasn't until I think season three where I, I stopped working at hot rod full time, but I was doing roadkill and a hot rod garage at the same time and so it would that was a nutty season so yeah, i'm wrong maybe this hasn't gotten any better it's all still- <laughs> <laughs> you're just used to it now like I, have four jo- I have four jobs yeah you do saying. dude i feel like every time i see you you're like here's the 47 things i'm working on oh, wait what, like- what, what are the four jobs again wait so he's got what, what- there's the podcast then there's give me a finnegan show all oh, right finnegan's garage on youtube then there's roadkill and then there's husband, father, you know, gardener. You're not supposed to count that as a job. <laughs> it, it takes up time, but I it's a privilege, my friend. <laughs> yeah. You and and what was the hardest, single hardest episode to make where you thought it was going to break you? Um, the first trip we tried to make to Alaska. Just because of the sheer sleep deprivation involved. So you were one. driving from L.A. straight up, or what was the deal? Yeah, we tried to drive from L.A. to Alaska to go race a 69 Ranchero on a frozen lake. And we were late, as usual. So we were trying to put out an episode, try to put out an issue of the magazine while building the car. Ugh. And we left three days late. So we pretty much couldn't sleep in order to get there. And... We were so late, we actually sent the camera crew ahead to Canada and said, we'll just cannonball to Canada and meet you there, and you can start filming there. And it was so bad that Freiberger and I, every 20 miles, were pulling over in the car and switching seats because neither one of us could stay awake. Oh, that and sucks. Dude. We pretty much crashed the car 50 times. Um, and then finally, it got to the point where I think we were in Utah, and we had just broken the window of the car in a snowstorm and we're like we're never going to make it 
and it's you're cold. Physically impossible. <laughs> it's cold and it's physically impossible to get from Utah to the the frozen lake in the next three days. So at that point, we I think we turned right and went to the Grand Canyon or something, and that's how the episode ended. <laughs> oh my god! Just, and, and so your your crew was already in Alaska. So those poor bastards. We had we had sent them ahead to Vegas when we were in LA working on the car. Then we said, go to Canada, and we'll meet you there. We turned around in Utah, so they had to fly back from Canada to Utah. And I think two of them had the – there's only two of them. One of them had the flu. One of them had food poisoning. Neither one of them had slept. Like, it was a, just a show. Work trip from hell. Oh, my God. You know, for, them, for them, it was. And the, the great part about this story is that that was the first episode we ever filmed, and we were so just – scared to air it because we you know we failed we didn't make it there that we didn't air it first we filmed another one and we aired the second episode first and then when we didn't have anything else in the can we finally aired that episode second and nobody cared they were like oh yeah we just want to watch you suffer and fail it's all good and that was in a ranchero too right that was that episode was Viva Ranchero, Alaska, or bust. So if, and it's if, bust. Episode two, yeah, and it's bust. But we talked <laughs> about the honesty of uh, of roadkill, and it's like, hey, we failed. We're going to show you us failing. Yeah, and, and it wasn't by design. I mean, partly it was. We, we didn't want to fake anything, but we didn't have the luxury of filming more than one episode at a time because we had day jobs. So whatever we filmed, whether we made it or not, we just had to air it. You know, It just was what it was. And then once we realized that's what everyone wanted anyway, you know, that's just kind of what we stuck with. Tell me about, uh, Mike, your crew. You spend more time with the guys that we can't see at home um, than you might with your own families. Tell me about those dudes and the dynamic there. Do you get in brawls with them? Is it all hunky-dory? You have beers? What's that like? We don't even know what they look like. I'd say 99% of the time, it's all good. Um, They're... We've gone through a lot of crew people over the years, especially in the beginning, because we, you know, we were, we weren't very organized. We would drive 500 miles in a day. You know, it it was a 20 hour a day job and that tends to wear on young people holding a camera all day, you know, and uh, not everybody wants to sign up for that. So in the beginning, we burned through a bunch of crew members. The present crew of Roadkill uh, are some of the finest humans you'll ever meet in your life. Um... Brad Alicia is our director, hysterically funny guy. Super cool guy. Really, oh, really good at keeping the mood light. And he's a director and a camera op, so a lot of times he's manning a camera. And then his right-hand man, Chris Reed, is just – how do I describe him? He's the most solid guy you'll ever meet. Like The guy would take a bullet for somebody he's friends with, I think. And um, killer videographer and just – can eat Carolina Reaper peppers without flinching, <laughs> <laughs> which Dude. has been a lot of fun in bars. Let me tell you, I cannot. Was oh, so that a bar uh, bed? Or what, it, what happened? Oh, we um. So we're in North Carolina filming Roadkill, and somebody asks, you know, have you ever had one of those? And I didn't know what they were, but like an hour later, some local showed up with a basket of these things, oh, like a little, like no. the kind of thing you get oh. strawberries in, you know, at the grocery store, a little basket. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. these are the most evil-looking peppers you've ever yeah, seen. They, they don't are. even look like. They don't look like they're from Earth. And so we grab them and we go out to dinner that night and just kind of set them on the table. And people are kind of looking at them and like talking, and you know, like don't eat that basically. And Chris and I didn't know this at the time, but Chris really isn't human. 
And so <laughs> we're out at a bar and he wants to eat one of these. And the bartender sees what's going on. And he's like, dude, hold on. And he gets out his iPhone. Apparently this is not a good idea. <laughs> and then a doctor strolls into the bar in scrubs, sees what's going on and says, you're going to go to the ER after this. If you just no have way. a bite, a bite of one of these things, Chris is like, I'm doing it. So Chris eats an entire one and is just kind of sitting there. Wait, n- not not point, just nibbles on it, like he the whole so thing. The whole so thing. Keep in mind, peppers. Most, peppers have a thing called the Scoville scale, right? Like that's the that's the heat on you know for peppers. And the Carolina Reaper looks like Mike. What would you describe? It looks like the ugliest, like most pimply, wrinkled, bright red. Ugh. It looks like a disease. Okay, it looks like a diseased vegetable. I don't know how else to yeah, describe it. And where is like, it on that scale? Okay, so at the top of it. yeah, it's at the it's at the very top. It de- depends on what who you're going, you know, what you're going after. But the average, and I'm trying to find the uh, the thing where it says what the top ten are because I want to tell you like what a jalapeno is or something, and then we'll right. and then we'll do it. So okay. so Mike, tell the story, and then I'll I'll go back and I'll tell you what it is on the Scoville scale. Okay, yeah. So the Scoville scale that that's going to factor into the story because the the Reaper apparently is just lethal, to, depending on who you are. So Chris eats it, and we're no, wait, wait, wait! You, you mean actually can kill you? People end up in the ER for various reasons. Okay. Um, so we're all sitting there. We watch him eat one, and he's not sweating. Nothing's happening. So people start doubting that it's an actually a Carolina Reaper. And my friend Tony Angelo, who's on the episode, just takes a nibble, like a little nugget, like one Rice Krispie sized, you know, morsel of it. And runs for the bathroom <laughs> and just starts chugging water. No, and that's that's you don't do that yeah, with peppers to do water, right? No, because the oils spread out more. It's like milk, right? Milk, or, yeah. yeah. It, it, it might it might have been milk, but basically, Tony's one of the toughest guys I know. That dude's ready to cry, and so <laughs> there's a wedding party strolling through. It's a, it's a hotel bar we're in. There's a wedding party strolling through the hotel lobby bar. Wedding's over. They're all drunk, and one of the groomsmen. Is like, nah, man, I can do that. And Chris is like, I'll eat another one if you just take a bite. No, 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 no. So Chris eats another one. And this guy is like, all right. And he's drunk. So he takes a bite. And the bartender's filming at this point. And it's a big Next drunk bite, know, right? Like, it's it's like, I'm drunk. Screw all you. You're I'll a bunch it, of yeah. pussies or whatever. And he probably took a giant bite. Ugh. Yeah. And so that dude runs for the parking lot and just starts vomiting. <laughs> and meanwhile, Chris is Chris is just sitting there. It's like mentally he goes to some happy place and just shuts down everything in his body so that he can do whatever he's doing to himself. Is this the kind um, of guy that can hold his breath for like five minutes, you know? Dude, I, I it, that night I officially became his manager. And <laughs> every time we have a roadkill shoot, we just try to find challenges involving hot food and him and try to make money. It's awesome. We, uh, it was great because we Facebook live everything that went down that night. It's oh out there God. somewhere where you can watch the, you can watch the groomsmen run out into the parking lot. Like just, it's awesome. Okay. So here's Scoville scale. Just so we give everybody reference. Okay. So bell pepper, right? Bell pepper. Sure. Yes. Spicy, right? Yeah. Right. No, not spicy. Zero. Oh, bell pepper. Bell pepper raised zero on the Scoville scale. Okay. All right. Jalapeno. Everybody likes a little spice on their pizza or sure, their tacos. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, of course. 2,500 to 8,000 on the Scoville scale. Okay. All right. 
habanero, sort of like the formerly the world champion of hot peppers. And if you can take a habanero, you probably have some hair on your chest, right? Right. Yep. Okay, right. Habanero, about 100,000 to 350,000 on the Scoville scale. Okay. All right. The ghost pepper, which leapfrogged the uh, the habanero, and everybody was like, ooh, ghost pepper for a while, right? Okay. All right. About 855 to 1 million on the Scoville scale. Okay, a million. Carolina Reaper. 1.4 to 2.2 million on the Scoville scale. <laughs> there you go. Ouch. So 200 times hotter than a jalapeno. <laughs> so a few days later, he ate three in one sitting. There's no way. It's not, why? Dude, he, How? What? W- at what point did he go to the uh, proctologist to make sure that he hadn't enlarged <laughs> his backside? <laughs> What he told me was the next because it was the it was the end of a shoot. Because we're guys, we're we think out, about that, right? I think so. Sure. We're out drinking. It's the end of the shoot, and he eats three, trying to get people to bet him or do it or whatever, and nobody would do anything. And he just ate three just for the hell of it. He said the next day when he was on the plane, his stomach was a little uncomfortable and he sweat a little bit, but he was fine. Oh my it's God. not true. <laughs> it's not true. I mean, it's true right up to the, the point, point where it's totally not, false. It's not, yeah. yeah, it's false. There's no way. So. So you'll have to bleep this out, all right? But that was the night his name went from Chris Reed to Chris motherfucking Reed. Every time we we walk into a bar, I announce that he's there. So I I would imagine the Carolina Reaper is the hottest thing that you've ever done, right? Or or have you found something hotter? No, no. We've not even bothered trying to do it because most people won't touch that thing. And most people are like, nope. So wait, is the is the Carolina Reaper like if you touch it with your hands, like some you know chili peppers, it'll get off on your fingers, and then if you touch your fingers, don't touch your eye. If you touch your eye or your lips, then it's hot. Is it like that? It's that you don't want to touch it. So that's the thing about Chris is Chris eats them bare hand. Oh, he, he, he's rubbing them on his lips, like he's doing everything you're not supposed to do. Oh, oh stupid human wow. tricks! I love it. Well, I'm glad I asked about your crew. So, <laughs> so no other run-ins. No, uh, no. Do 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 they get in trouble with their families for getting into trouble? Things like that, or just is it all hunky dory all the time? No, I think they all, you know, they all have girlfriends or wives and kids, and and uh, they're on the road probably more than I think they'd like to be, but it's just such a fun job. I mean, we, we went to Alaska this year, you know, and it was beautiful. So I think everybody, I think everybody on board understands how much fun it can be to travel. And it's a pretty fun show in the end of the day. They, they're making something that I think they're proud of. Yeah. I mean, you, you are pretty damn proud of that show considering that you had no idea what you're getting yourself into in the beginning, in the beginning. It's great too. Cause my memory is horrible. So at least there's video evidence of the things I did. So you'll be some old man in your rocking chair and your grandkids will come up. Hey, Grandpa, we we saw this old thing called TV and you were on it. What? Yeah. How, how often, Mike, does it happen where a fan comes up and starts talking about their favorite moment and you have no idea what they're talking about? All the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, All the time. If only I could remember what I did. Or your old friend from work comes up to you and goes, hey, you want to be in a podcast? And he's like, who are you, kid? Get out of here. Scram. Scram. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no. I remember you, Holman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? We were talking on the uh, on the phone earlier. I was in the car sitting on the freeway, and we were discussing, speaking to you. And he's like, yeah, he's going to bring up a story that I can't really talk about. So if he does, I'm going to have to pull the reins in. I go, oh, I need to hear this story. But <laughs> nope. he's, he's shaking his head now. You can't see it, Mike, I... but he's... He's like, nope. I have a mom and a daughter who listen to the show. Something to do with, God, it had to have something to do with another chick. I don't know, but he just, he won't say squat about it because he knows I'm going to bring it up. And this is as close as I'm going to get to it. 
Okay, so Hellman, I won't I won't tell the Vegas story, but I can't remember. Oh, it happened in Vegas. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Was it was it I, Hooker? No. I, I, okay. No, but I'm we not, I have a I'm I do not, have a Hooker I'm not story. Going there at all. I'm not going there at all. But Hellman, okay. it, answer me this because I the, the details are fuzzy. Who got peed on in Greenville? Was it your? <laughs> Wait, someone that, got peed on. That is that is a uh, that is a story. Did you, so you got peed on and how? Okay, so we. Oh, <laughs> oh man, you can tell it. We're fine. It's no, I know, I know. Listen, I you're gonna see. You're gonna see this week. Uh, I know. Should, should we bleep out his listen, name? And no that one's way we listening. Cover him up? No one can hear this. It's right. just us three. Right. Yeah. Right. That's okay. <laughs> well, we can edit out any of the bad stuff. I'm not editing anything. Uh, this is in right now. Yeah. Well, oh, this good, is in. Me talking good, about editing. This is in. Good thing that I uh, control the uploads to uh, to our uh, hosting service. Okay. Uh, Greenville. You should. Be, you should be bleep name on it's not a good look for him um okay so there were three of us for trucking magazine and this goes along for those of you who have listened to the stories of uh the girls gone wild truck in the past at, at show fest at greenville mississippi and uh there may have been a night where we, we you know back in the day you'd go drinking with everybody and take pictures of trucks and it was a party and all that stuff and we had a certain person with us who um at the time was um, a little on the conservative side, let's say, like maybe in bed by eight sort of a thing. And so that annoyed all of us and uh, later turned out not to be that, you know, the kind of person. Um, but in the early days of his career, it was, was just like, I'm going to go to bed, blah, blah, blah. So me and this other person of the three thought it would be really funny to go get one of our friends to strip for our buddy who was in bed sleeping. A guy friend or a girlfriend? A, a girlfriend. Okay. A friend who was a girl right. who'd be willing to come back to the hotel room only to wake up our friend who decided that he couldn't be a part of the partying scene. Okay. And she was going to strip for yeah. him. So well, we, that's pretty cool. So we brought her back. She's a goer. She. We brought her back and she did that and that's how we woke him up. Okay. He was not amused. Oh. We were amused because yeah. we thought it was funny as hell. He was not amused. So at the time, I was the low man on the totem pole. Yes. So... <laughs> so to speak <laughs> and I was sleeping on the floor that sounds so horrible I, I know it does and there are two beds three of us sharing a hotel room I was sleeping on the floor because I wasn't that sounds s- like every mini yes. truck event yes right so I was the unlucky bastard so I said I give me your comforter because I need to sleep on that on this nasty hotel floor by the way the hotel was the Ramada which was clearly like uh Dave's diving murder or something on the side of the road <laughs> that Ramada had bought and put a sign on because for some reason they wanted us presence in that town. And we had a massive uh, thunderstorm come through, like tornado warnings and stuff like that. So that night just ravaged the town we were in with the hardest rain you've ever felt. So in the middle of the night, pouring rain, I'm feeling like it getting wet around me. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. It's the window's the, leaking. The ceiling is leaking. Oh. The ceiling's leaking. leaking a tornado's coming. We're all going to die. And it is just. Wait a minute, hold on. How? What's the temp of the water? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm in a I'm in a fog because I had been drinking. Okay, right? I Whatever. see where this is going. So you know how you have your typical hotel room that is shaped like a rectangle, and in the front part of it is the beds, mm-hmm. and then the back like quarter is the shower through door on the left, and like the vanity with a little space under it. Sure. Well, the AC was going on because it's also like 90 degrees and 100 percent humidity. So I end up grabbing the other comforter on the bed, pulling it with me, wrapping myself up like a burrito so I couldn't get the cold air blown on me, and slept underneath the vanity. Okay. Oh, that sounds horrible. Because I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I just uh, know I'm uncomfortable. Worst night ever. Go All ahead. Right. Yeah, pretty much. So I wake up, and I look around, and I tell the guys, I'm going to take a shower. I don't know. Dude, it was super gross last night. The ceiling was leaking. 
And we all look up at the ceiling, and it wasn't leaking. Oh. And I'm super, no. I'm super confused. Super confused. So apparently I go in the shower and, you know, get myself all uh, all spruced up and, and shiny again. And uh, employee A and employee B have a conversation. And employee B says to employee A, I actually know I should say employee D and employee T. How about that? Employee T says to employee D, I think I peed on Sean last night. <laughs> and employee D says, yeah, I saw the whole thing. Because he was so pissed off that we brought that girl back that he decided he wasn't going to wake anybody up, rolled over, saw the whole thing, went back to sleep. Oh, my gosh. So when I come out and realize the ceiling is dry and there's a puddle on the floor, and that's where I was sleeping at one point, I'm like, I'm still freaking confused. <laughs> and then it comes out. And then it's like, what the flipping A happened here? Okay, so I will tell you that part of the experience, totally sucky. Worst, one of the worst like trips ever, right? You know, but I will tell you that employee T for about two years or so until he left the company, anytime he, cause he's like, dude, I'm so sorry. It's happened to me before. I did it at my buddy's house. I, I, I peed in the closet when I was drunk. I just, I think it's the bathroom. He's like scared to death. This, this is going to come out. So like I, now, like right now on a podcast. So yeah, <laughs> like 10 years later, well, I don't know, probably more than that, 13 years later. So. I now have leverage over him. So anytime he disagreed with me in a meeting, I'd always look at him square in the eye and I'd go, really, employee T? Is that really what you think? <laughs> and he would shut up immediately. And so I used that to push my agenda through for quite quite a number of years. Yeah, but you're scarred forever now that you were peed on. Yeah, no, totally gross. It was a unwanted golden shower. It was a Me Too moment. Can you imagine <laughs> if you had woken? Oh, dude, right no. when it's happening and, and looked you up. Look, yes. <laughs> For, oh my lord. Fortunately, I was curled up in a ball. You could never. None of this could happen in today's world. Period. Everybody would be fired. Everybody would be sued. But this is just sort of like a bunch of twenty-year-old dudes. I mean, we were young. We were just out doing young stupid and dumb. Finnegan, do you? What's the last time you were blackout drunk? And what happened? Ooh, God, that's a long time. Um, damn, I, that's been a decade or more. Yeah, oh, really? Dude. So you're not you're not going to house old, parties, dude, or hurts. you're not going to the hotel bar after work, and someone gives you just one too many shots? I don't usually get blackout drunk. I'm pretty good at drinking. Okay, all right. Okay, well, that's a good explanation. Pro, pro status. I have another question <laughs> for you. This kind of left the center here. Honda Ridgeline, truck <laughs> or car? Honda Ridgeline, truck or car? Oh, God, that's not a truck. Come on. Thank you. <laughs> El Camino truck or car? It's a car. It's Thank a cool you. car. Yeah. See? It's the mullet of the car. What, do you say, what are you pointing at me for? I think it's a car as well. It's well, a, I know. He but just said it's a mullet of I'm, a car. I, it yeah. is. Freiberger was giving us devil's advocate on that one and challenging our belief of whether that was a car or truck. Yeah. Finnegan's on my side. Favorite? I think the I think the bed has to be separate from the cab. Thank you. Like, yeah, that's what Holman's been saying Thank pretty you. consistently. So, Mike, yeah. here are my rules for a truck, and they've got modified a little bit over this last week because we kind of had some arguments about it. Okay, bed has to be separate from the cab. It has to have a frame. The engine has to be longitudinally mounted, and it needs to be capable of four wheel drive. It needs three of those four things to be a truck. That's my truck definition. Uh, I don't think the four wheel drive thing's necessary, but. The rest of it, yeah, I'm with you. But no, I don't think it has to be four wheel drive. No, that's silly. You don't need that. So two of the three. Yes, that'll work. Yes. All right. So longitudinally mounted, separate bed from the cab frame. That's it needs two of those three to be a truck. That yes. way, it includes the unibody Fords and some other weird stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, another random question. Favorite TV show where the co-star is a car or truck? Ooh, that's that's God. It's hard to really choose one. I mean, one that comes up often lately. Is fall, I mean, fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. Night Rider. Fall guy is awesome. Yeah. Fall guys. I would have that truck. See, <laughs> Holman's been obsessed with uh, Lee Majors. I want to. Is find... Lee Majors still? A, is he still alive or is he dead? I think he passed away. Did he? I think Lee so. Majors? So for me, it's a toss-up between Fall Guy and Dukes of Hazard for best theme song. Oh, D- Dukes of Hazard best theme song. <laughs> yeah, for it doesn't sure. get any better than that. But the Fall Guy is really good. Like, go on YouTube and you can like the. There's an actual extended version of that theme song, and then download that and just drive around to it, and just your life will get instantly better. By the way, Lee Majors still alive, seventy-nine yeah. years old. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Apparently, uh, uh, still kicking. Sung the song, too. Did he really? Oh, yeah. He's the guy singing that song. That's even better. He can't sing, but he's singing it. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Just a good old boy. Well, not the Fall Guy song. This is Never the uh, Duke song. No oh, that's what he wanted. He said this is his favorite. But now I want to hear Lee no, Major sing. Trouble with the law no, since the day they were born. Straightening the curve. Come on, Daisy Duke, seriously. Yeah, yeah, pretty strong, pretty strong. All right, go to Fall Guy. Find the Fall Guy one. All right. Here we go, here we go. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fair up. I've never been. <laughs> oh, because Lee Majors was singing this. Yes. So I forgot. He's a horrible I've singer. Been on fire with Silent Field, gone fast with the girl named Bo. Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. Here we go, everybody. Here we go. It's a death <laughs> oh, no, it's not in yet. <laughs> You're not there yet. Take my chances. I die for living in the movies and TV. Because he was a stuntman, see? Yes. But the hardest thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies. Kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee. I might fall from a tall building. I might roll a brand new car. Oh, who's the hot blonde chick? Was that Heather Locklear? Who was in this? Is that Heather Locklear? Uh, no, that was TJ Hooker. No, not it's not Heather Locklear. It's uh what was some her? other lady that's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh my gosh. I just was uh we're watching the the video here and she just walked through in a bikini and I'm like, dang, that's why people were watching this thing. Was it Heather Thomas? Heather Thomas. Is that who that was? Heather freaking Thomas. You guys Google the hell out of Heather Thomas. It's funny. Priscilla Presley was in that too. And Joaquin Phoenix was in The Fall Guy. Really? Yeah. As as young teens, It must be, yeah. Yeah. Lindsay Wagner. So that's your favorite show where the the star or co-star is a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. It's either going to be Dukes of Hazard, Fall Guy, or Hardcastle McCormick had a really good car, too. Oh, solid. That's the obscure choice. That's the black horse of the... Uh... What's the dude in Hawaii with the Ferrari? Magnum. Magnum, Magnum PI, yeah. yeah. Not a fan of that 308 GT? Dude, do you know how hard those <laughs> things are to maintain? Oh, really? They're so cheap because of t- you know, the cost of getting an oil change. All these people bought them and then like dumped them on the market when they figured out they couldn't you know, change the oil. And because of Magnum PI, I always thought as a kid... like. In order to have the 308, you had to wear the <laughs> shirt. <laughs> How about the mustache? And the hairy chest? Detroit yeah, hat? Yeah, I just want 
the oh hairy chest that never goes out of style. Because <laughs> I'm Yeti. Halloween's coming up. Are you uh, dressing up as anything? Speaking of hairy chest, I'm just I was picturing you in this outfit as Magnum PI. You know, <laughs> the sleazy uh, private eye from from Oahu. Oh, I don't know. My plan changed. I was gonna take a red eye back home and trick or treat with my kids, and then it turns out I can't. So it turns out I'm going to be in Vegas for Halloween, so I don't know. I'm going to be in the you same boat. Up. You really just show up to the Hard Rock on Halloween night and check out all the... People know. watching is epic. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the scandally clad This ladies. is the first year I'm not able to go back to go trick-or-treating with my kids. Fremont Street on Halloween is amazing. I've been drinking with uh, lowercase Mr. T. Yes. And Tupac and Rick James all on the same night. I have a photo of me with those three Wait, guys. wait, lowercase Mr. T.? What's He's that? vertically challenged. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're talking about uh, uh, employees and uh, Fremont Street, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, a facial of pancakes. <laughs> oh, would you say a Football. facial of pancakes? Yeah. Football's full of beer and a face down in the pancakes. <laughs> face down in the pancakes. <laughs> this is... Uh, you got to tell me what happened or are you just going to talk uh, about stories you can't tell me yeah, about? I mean, no, this- Come on. I, I'd rather have this story on the air than the last ones that we told. There was a truck show that was held on Fremont Street, and we're all there for it, and you know, having a good time all day, all night. And at like 10 p.m. at night, we decide we have to eat. It might have been later than that. It is later, I and, think. And employee T was inebriated. Very and, much so. <laughs> and uh, we go in there, we order breakfast. The waitress is really sweet. He's kind of you know a little bit belligerent chunk. And he passes out face down in his pancakes. <laughs> and she's trying to get his attention, and we kind of wake him up, but he looks up from his pancakes and just says, no lip, and passes back out. He says, no lip? Yeah, like out of nowhere. So it was just the three of us. I think it was just Mikey, me, and employee T. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we're sitting there in our booth, and like he's passing out, and like we're waking him up to order and stuff. And finally, he orders the pancakes, and he's cutting it up, and he's taking the fork, and he's trying to get it in his mouth, but he keeps missing because he's so drunk and <laughs> he's tired. Stabbing himself, pretty much. Like he's missing his face, and like so, Mike <laughs> and I are laughing. Like we're just like you know, we're just totally you know, ganging up on him, and we're laughing. We think it's hilarious. And so she, this very nice lady, like Mikey said, comes over to take our order, and we give her our order. It gets the, tr- I mean, oops, it gets the employee T, and uh, he looks up, and he's like, I want to have this and this and this. And this, and like starts rattling a lot, and the lady's like, well, you know, sweetie, if you have our combo, our breakfast combo, you get all of that. No! I want that. He's just super belligerent, and Mike and I are like, holy crap, dude, he's going to spit in her, she's going to spit in her food. So finally, we're like, just the thing that you said, order that. We're fine. So he's like swaying, trying not to pass out. He's just being an ass. Finally, the pancakes come, and literally pours syrup on his pancakes. And passes out face down. Oh, in the syrup sucks. And Mike and I kept eating our dinner, and she came over to, like, ask how we were doing. Yeah. And it, just like Mike said, he looks at her, and he's like, no lip! <laughs> and, like, yells at her, and we're, like, we're like mortified, you Tell know? Tell me you have a photo of this. Nothing. Uh, I mean, this had to be in, like, 04 or something like that. See, I think things really did change when every phone had a camera. Yeah. Just shenanigans kind of stopped. Well, not, not necessarily. So, so... We, long story short, the bar bet stopped and he's passed out in his pancakes and we go to pay and the restaurant employees are trying to turn the table around, right? Because it's like, you know, the only place that's open at midnight serving food still or whatever. And they're looking at us like, dude, you need to take him with you. And so we finally get him up 
and he sits up in a pancake, all syrupy, like slides, <laughs> all slow down his face, and then like plops right in the right in the uh, dish. And um, I remember I took him to the elevator, and I go, "What room are you?" Thirteen fifty-five. I'm like, "What room are you?" Thirteen fifty-five. What room are you? Thirteen. I'm like, "All right." So I hit thirteen out of the elevator, and I go, "What hotel room are you?" Thirteen fifty-five. Turns out, as soon as the elevator doors closed, he passed out in the elevator lobby and slept there from the elevator all night. <laughs> lot, lot, lot of stories. Lot, lot of bad things happened back then that are all funny now. <laughs> well, maybe not to everybody. <laughs> hey, some some legit business here, Mike, that I wanted to ask you about. So you're we we touched just very briefly on the half mile world's greatest drag race. Tell me how that went down. Were you always supposed to be in that show? Um, I just watched it recently on the Motor Trend on Demand. Uh, no, I don't think I was supposed to be there from the beginning. Uh, it was kind of a last minute thing. I think I had probably two or three weeks notice and shipped the car out from Georgia to California, went out to West Tech to tune the car because I had just changed a bunch of things. And then I went to Irwindale and made one eighth mile pass in it and then towed it out to vandenberg and went half mile racing which i'd never done before which is really scary in a car like mine and it seemed because they were all exotics for the most part right hellcats i think it was a lamborghini etc but it felt like you all of a sudden you drove in i'm like well which one of these is not like the other (laughs) and you know along comes mike (laughs) with his hot rod that's gonna you know he's gonna blow doors off everybody or blow the engine or blow the engine yeah was it was that fun? Was it scary? You said it was a half mile, which is not something that you normally do. Yeah, I, I had the time of my life just because I'm never around cars like that. You know, like nice ones with warranties and brakes and things like that. <laughs> and so it was cool to be around those cars. And I, I've never gone that far in my car fast. And so it's geared for a quarter of a mile. And I said... You know, I'm normally in fourth gear going through the traps in a quarter mile run. And I, I told him, I said, well, I've got one more gear, but I don't know what's going to happen. I said, I'll go as far as I can, you know, until it's not safe or I blow the motor up. And so the surface is asphalt. And I had my drag slicks on it, which were just completely wrong. The suspension was wrong in my car. The tires were wrong. And so I could never get above like 40 percent throttle. The one pass where, you know, I could kind of see them all. They were still close enough where I thought, all right, I'm going to I'm going to get after it. And in fifth gear, I put my foot to the floor and the freaking tires spun at like 140 miles an hour. (gasps) And I thought, I'm like, this is just dumb. Like, I, (laughs) I, I have no business being out here with cars that are going 200 miles an hour. And I think. The fastest I went was 155. Which is really fast. We did that race. We did the live race like seven times in a row. And and I just got smoked because I had zero traction. And the runway is not smooth or level. You know, there's a lot of elevation change, like way more than I thought there would be. And so that car, it's, it's built like a 1960s drag car. It has a solid front axle. And the front of the car is raised up higher than the rear because in the 60s, the tire technology sucked. And so they were trying to transfer as much weight onto the rear tires as possible. So my, I have horse and buggy suspension in this thing, <laughs> and it just would not hook or drive straight going down that runway, which is why in the video, if you look, they line me up like 
30 yards away to the left of that entire lineup of million I did notice cars. that, and I didn't know why that was. That was just so I didn't kill anybody. For insurance. <laughs> no kidding. And did were you scared? Like, honestly, were you freaked out? Uh, only a couple times because I mean you know you're, you're in control. Only a couple right times. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're 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 in control. It's your right foot, and I think the first pass I made, my my hood scoop exploded, and into like twenty pieces all over the runway, and then my second pass, the rear windshield got sucked out of the back of the car and landed <laughs> on the runway. <laughs> so we had to duct tape that back in to keep that in the. Were car, your wind Were your then, windows open? I don't recall your windows being open. No, no, they weren't open. So it just um, sucked it, just, it right off. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's like a. I think there's a low pressure area right above the trunk. And what makes you say that? <laughs> and, uh, and so on the third pass, I got a little more comfortable. All the parts that were falling off the car were no longer falling off the car, and so I just kept going a little faster, a little further, and eventually I was going under power the full half mile. Like I said, I could just never get past half throttle. So. I got, I got my ass kicked. <laughs> Did you get a chance to drive any of the other cars, the exotics? I drove the Porsche, which was my first Porsche experience. And I don't know that I'd ever spend the money for one, but holy crap, was that fun to drive. What's the fastest car you've ever driven? I've been 197 in a Mustang GT500. And you like didn't curb it and take out a like a bunch of kindergartners on the side of the road <laughs> no. or anything? Those are Mustang GTs. Just regular <laughs> no, old Mustang GTs. That was, that was also on an airport runway, uh, ironically. That was at the Mojave Mile. Oh, yeah. What was the yeah. coolest truck that you've ever driven? Coolest truck I've ever driven. Uh, was there a mini truck that was amazing, some kind of crazy scissor bed or something? Or was there an off-road experience in Baja that you went on that you thought was amazing? Or something that maybe you built on Roadkill? I don't think I've had any one truck that just kind of satisfied all of the interesting things I find about custom trucks. So, like, my my favorite mini truck was my Toyota Tacoma, which was airbag and body dropped and had a turbocharged four-cylinder in it. And I loved that for what it did. And then I had a long travel Toyota Tundra that was supercharged that I took to the Glamis Sand Dunes and jumped that. And that was fun for what it did. That was my favorite truck of I've yours, had, I think. Yeah, I don't think I've had one where I was like, this is it. I'd never get rid of this, you know. The Tundra was cool because we all pile in. It was an extended cab. And we'd all go to lunch together. So that's yeah, why I like that's over. why I like that truck. I got a lot of memories <laughs> in it of going to lunch and the blower on it and stuff. We'd run over curbs. It was great. <laughs> I remember so, after you got your suspension, it was like, "Hey, watch what this thing will do." And you know, we were sort of a bunch of lowered guys, and it was just when off roading was sort of taking off. So have one of our friends actually have a long travel or mid travel suspension system in the early two thousands. Yeah, Mike would like veer off the road and run over curbs, and we'd be all giggling like you know schoolgirls <laughs> in there because it was so funny. So Mike, oh, and by today's standards, I don't even think it's, it's not even long travel anymore by today's standards. No, not at all. Although it was cool back in the day. You win the lottery, um, and you have to, as part of the uh, the deal with collecting the money, you have to buy a, a brand new truck. What is it? Oh, um, gotta buy a brand new truck. Brand new truck. So you're talking about you could be a you know. Does it have to be could, one? Uh, well, I want to know what your first truck is. I'm getting it. I want to find out what your favorite truck is on the market today. I'm real curious about the new round fendered 2019 Chevrolet. Mm. Um, but uh, I know I really like Tundras. They just don't break. Hard to argue with. Great refrigerators. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I would buy. I would buy a crew cab diesel dually 
you know, it'd probably cost me a hundred grand, but I'd buy one of those. And leave it bone stock or, or, or would you lift it? What would you, or, or bag it? Another good question. Um, it would be bagged. It would drag on the ground. It, I would make it totally just retarded. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's airbag I, body drop flat on the ground. Hundred thousand dollars truck. That's, that's with, my that's my next thing. Yeah. 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 That, oh, dude, I know what I would do. I totally know what I would do. Um, Holman, do you remember a shop called Little Shop? Yeah. Oh, so wait a minute. Ooh, okay. 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 So you this and is, I hold on. A second. This is Lightning's some... dream truck. We just talked about this like two episodes. So ago. Mike, I try. What you don't know is that I tried like hell to get the owner of Little Shop to come on. The podcast, he and, the, no. and, he, and he won't do it. He told me straight up no, but he was super cool about it. But he's like, I'm getting out of the modification business, and I'm selling parts. And his excuse, okay. and so that's yeah. He's like, hey, uh, we're selling billet parts and this and that. But but meanwhile, dude, I'm watching his Instagram, and he's he's building the third of of the coolest lower dualies yeah. I've ever seen in my life. He's done what like the Roadster shop does for super high end road, you know, sports cars or antiques, vintage cars, and he's doing it for modern day, brand new 2018 dualies. And yeah. that frame he's got is just off the chart. I'm, I want that thing so bad I can taste it. Yeah, I can see the, I see the little hearts in your eyes again. I actually don't even like looking at his Instagram anymore <laughs> at Little Shop Manufacturing because it, I. Because I can't afford it. I can only imagine that frame's got to be 30 grand or more. So I haven't talked to him since last scene, actually, when we were when we were trying to scheme how to get all our cars there quickly together. And um, he had just built the first one, and I, I really haven't talked to him since then. And I've seen that he's, he's got two of them side by side, two of these awesome modular chassis that are all designed in CAD and laser cut and TIG welded together. He's got two of them side by side. So what? The they're different years right too. Yeah, yeah. So one is a twenty, one's a twenty sixteen. I think one's a twenty seventeen. And so we so, have this. We have the same dream because I always thought, you know, when I win the lottery, I'm going to call him up. I'm going to buy a brand new Chevy diesel crew cab long bed dually, and then I'm going to drop it off and get one of those chassis put under it and have the. It'll be on twenty fours. It'll be badass, totally reliable tow truck. But I didn't know he wasn't going to make that stuff anymore. That's the, that's the excuse that he told me that he's not in the customization business. He's in the parts business. Well, and he, now. didn't he also say that he just doesn't need us because he's like, I'm too busy as it is. I don't need no, exposure. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. He wasn't. No, I don't mean it. it I don't mean it. a dick way, but I mean he was like, I have got all the work I can deal with right now. Either that, or he doesn't want to be in the limelight. You yeah. know, he doesn't want to come on a, some you know podcast or something. But he was, I, he was said he was flattered. He's like, hey, <laughs> it's super cool. Thanks for asking, but I got to turn it down. I'm in the parts business now. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, dude, you, you can't you can't show this stuff off that you're building this craftsmanship of this frame. You're just mad because you can't have and it. Now. I am super. F- Mad, yes, I want it back. You're gonna forget to bleep that f out, and I'm gonna have to. T- no, I've already bleeped it out. So, like, dude, Mike, that is. That is just... I, you know what you guys are? That is next level right You're there. like Dooley Brothers right now. Dooley Soul Brothers. <laughs> we are Dooley Soul Brothers. Did we just come best friends? Oh. <laughs> Did you see how that ramped all together? It was I, nice. know. I know. It's... If he really is getting out of the fab business and just slinging parts, he's smarter than everybody else because that's where the money is. Yeah. That is where There's the no money is. Money. There is no money in fabricating a custom vehicle for nope. anybody because nobody wants to pay for that kind of labor. 
Yep, and you're always going to be upside down unless you've done like 10 of them and you know where all the pitfalls are. I on. think that's got to be that. We talked to Bobby a few shows back from Sadistic Ironworks. Or even Aaron and, Kaufman and, with his new business. Yeah, same thing. So you start, you, you kind of, you know, you cut your cut your teeth on, on building cars and then you realize all the weak spots. You're like, man, if they only had a part that did this, you know, if they only had a hinge that moved like this. Mm-hmm. And then you just you hire a kid straight out of college to help you design it in SolidWorks. Now you start making these things and there's, you know, 70% markup, and you've, you, now you've got a business. Yep. So where's your parts line, Mr. Finnegan? I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> He's got I, uh, you know what my problem is, and I think this is a problem with a lot of fabricators, is once you figure out all of those kinks and you do the job once, you're no longer fabricating. You're just making parts. And I, I'm just uninterested in doing the same thing over and over again, so... That's why I have uh, I had to get into uh, magazine guideland because I am not the type of person that can do anything repetitive. And the one thing I can say about this career and job is I do something different every single day. And if it weren't for that, I'd go crazy. So I totally get that. Like I couldn't make the same part over and over again. I can't file papers over and over again. Like I would just go insane. I just can't do it. Yeah, me too. I mean, that that's part of the reason I kept switching magazines was I got burnt out on writing about the same subject matter all the time so i would just move around and and find something totally different to write about you know and it could still be a truck but let's go work at off-road magazine and learn all about that and let's go work at mini truck and you know and then let's go to sport truck and you know i couldn't work at just one of those for the rest of my life i'd go nuts so mike i want to wrap this up by asking about roadkill and the new season that's coming out what can we expect what are you excited for us to see as fans I have no idea. <laughs> That's my man right there. <laughs> we we have no plan. We just Freiberger and I just started emailing each other uh, a couple days ago when we found out, you know, we were greenlit again and it was like, okay, let's let's start tossing around ideas, but we have no plan right now. Um, no, wait, I, I thought, it, wait, hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. Because everyone's like, no, nah, it's bold. There's no way. They don't have a plan. It's got to, there's a director and there's someone pulling the strings, you know, like. Oh, there, there's a director. There's a director for sure. Brad, Brad, our director, he's there to make sure that we have enough footage to tell a story. And he's a really funny guy and he will literally sit there and go, you guys have done this, this, and this, but we're missing this, you know. And it, and it's not a case of, you know, faking stuff. It's, you know, you just put the camshaft in, but we didn't show the cylinder heads going on afterwards, you know. So we need something, you know what I mean? So there is no, there is no script, there is no thought out, you know, plot ahead of time. It's just, hey, let's go buy this car and go try to do this thing, and whatever happens, happens. So, so it's all, it's your ideas. So it's you. You mean again? It's gee. You say that like well, you're no, surprised. But, no, but now hold on a second. But <laughs> I, I, because I find it, most people will find it difficult to believe. There's a producer in a in a room somewhere, sitting around a conference room table, going, "What's next? And yeah, let's but do it's, this." And the cool thing about yeah, but the cool thing about it is, I see this. It's it's Mike and uh, Freiberger's story to tell. The rest of the crew, they're just the facilitators, the right? Yeah, they're the facilitators, and they make sure, like Mike was saying, like the the story's complete. So that there's not missing pieces out of it, but it's it's Mike and David's brainchild. I mean, they get to go out and do it, think, and it's crazy. Well, and I think you know when you say the word producer, I think our producer uh, Taylor does an awesome job, but I don't think he has a traditional producer role. It in it from the standpoint of he's not spending three months prepping for a shoot. On Tuesday, we're going. You know what? We'd like to go run out a dirt track on Friday. Can you make that happen? And he will find a way to make it happen. 
Well, that's and what a producer so, does. Yeah, no, that's that's. Yeah, we, we need one and, of those but, for the but show. But see, he's but he's but he's not doing it ahead of time. That poor guy is literally like three hours notice. We need a racetrack because we just now decided that this car. What we thought we were going to do with it was kind of cool, but this is way cooler, and we just now thought of it. Can you please get us a racetrack? Sounds like a, so, a morning show producer is exactly <laughs> yeah. what that is. I've been in those yeah, shoes. Yeah, as I say, you've seen that and movie it's rough. before. You're always behind the eight ball. Every single <laughs> yeah. moment of every day, you're always behind. <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly. Like like our, like our the last shoot we started, we showed up, um, and we were there was a roadrunner that had been crashed, and it was U-shaped. And Freiburger's awesome, plan was... Yeah, and Freiburger's plan was, we'll get it running and driving to make sure the engine's good, but then we're going to strip all the good parts off of it and put it on this other roadrunner that's just a shell. But when we showed up there, I was just so taken by the car and the visual of seeing it go down the road that I thought, no, dude, let's not strip it after we get it running. Let's road trip this thing because it's ridiculous looking, and then let's go find a dirt oval track and see what it's like to go right (laughs) because the car's... The car is bent to the right. It literally was T-boned, and so the entire inside, like the door and the B-pillar, were crushed into like the center of the oh, car. Oh, really? And they went and drove it. And I remember <laughs> I was reading on some of the like Instagram or Facebook, one of them, people were like, oh, that's fake. It's, you've got all these trusses. That's not really that car. And Freiburger sent some pictures. It's like, no, this is how it is. And you're going, damn, they drove that. <laughs> Can you see yeah, like, like this car, the Google Earth images of the backyard where the car was sitting, from space you could see how bent the car was (laughs) it was half a donut and so what we thought we were going to do totally changed on the spot when on day one of filming and our producer had to find us a dirt oval track that people would normally turn left around we wanted to go right (laughs) to see if the car worked better going to the right because it was bent to the right he had to find that track and get us there in two days because it was a five-day shoot and so when, when people ask, is it fake, is it scripted? No, it isn't. And yes, we have a producer, but his job isn't done in the normal time frame that a you know traditional television show is done in. How happy was that dude when he told his wife, hey, we sold the Roadrunner? <laughs> oh, dude, the people that were storing it were like over the moon because it was finally leaving their yard. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> sure. And it, then it goes out and becomes famous. <laughs> you have a yeah. very, very odd life mr <laughs> finnegan <laughs> i do and yet it's fun but I, yeah but i have a lot of fun friends and you know i'm making good memories that i won't remember but they're they're on video so it's cool exactly That's right all right well so this is sema week you are going to be super super busy um again you are receiving the award for you're getting mini inducted trucker into hall mini, of mini trucker hall of fame I love right it. again where where and when is that is it i can't remember is it open to the public or not Oh, yeah. It said Hogs and Heifers, uh, downtown Vegas, Old Town Vegas. Um, and I think it's Monday at 7 o'clock. Well, that's tonight. Yeah, so that's, you're, uh, that's tonight. If you're listening Monday morning right now, yes. head on down to Hogs and Heifers, and you get to see the Mike Finnegan get inducted in the Mini Truck and Hall of And if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you missed it and you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, don't worry. I'll put a photo of my new ring. On I was going to say, I just so want to I want I see your that. ring. That sounds super baller. I'm so I'm jealous of that ring. That's rad. Do you think his ring's a little bit too tight, so it sparks when he puts it on his hand, or no? No, oh, does it light up? That at all? ring and it's a, is an entire Halloween costume. I'm wearing it out on Halloween. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna find you on Halloween, my friend, and uh, hopefully uh, we can go have a beer together. Oh, I'd love to, yeah, right, buddy. All right, Mike. As always, you're the best. Thank you for checking in with us. Thank you. All right. See all you right. soon. Talk soon. Later. Bye. Later, guys. I live Finnegan. He's, uh, we, I can't wait to party with him this week. Oh, dude, it's going to be awesome. I just hope I can find him. 
I guess you would just find him by locating the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think, I mean, let's be honest. He He's going to be in the Discovery tent, which is kind of right at Ford out front. Right, yeah, in well, that zone right next to I don't to know Penn's how much oil. he'll be there because he's got all these sponsors where he's going to be in different booths. Yeah, like Optima Holly and all that uh, stuff. Optima, no, yeah. no, wait a minute. So is that part of contracts through or through uh, Discovery and Motor Trend, or do you think he's getting paid like, yeah, like, no idea. like Richard Rawlings, like that kind of dollars? No, now. I have no idea what his contract says. Oh, I'm just happy to see him when I'm I can. So jealous. How do we get that for? He's paying for beer, dude. Tonight, oh, he's yeah. paying for beer. Yeah, yeah okay. Deal. Okay. We'll find him. All right, it is time for. What is it time for? Oh, yeah, it's this. <laughs> yeah, I email. Inbox. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right, am I starting? You starting? I'm starting. Okay. All right, this one's from uh, Jesse. Hey guys, my name is Jesse. I've listened to the show since the first episode dropped, and it's definitely my favorite automotive podcast now. The intros are a little rough to listen to, but the show wouldn't be the same without them. And there's the awesome information to learn in every show. I usually only own old trucks and currently have a few, including an old Bronco, some bump side high boy Fords and a two wheel drive square body. So I love when you guys have people like Aaron Kaufman on who build the classics. Also, I've owned a few diesels, but have found that a lot of today's recreational diesel truck owners, trucks for blowing smoke rather than towing. it become kind of a crowd that most people dislike, and I think that that diesel culture is suffering from it. Is the diesel guy the new mini trucker? Ouch. Thoughts? Thanks, guys. Also, size large on the shirt, Jesse. Um, hmm. I, the new I don't diesel think so. trucker, the mini trucker. Uh, mm. I don't think so. Maybe. Because mm. some of the diesel truck guys, like the Cummins crew, you know, that love rolling coal, man, yeah, I think Maybe there's... It's just like the stereo systems were in mini-trucking days. Yeah, where you had that's a, true. You had a bed full of 18-inch woofers, boom, mm-hmm. you can hear them a quarter mile away. Yeah. Now you're just... It's, it's, first, it was noise pollution. Now it's <laughs> air pollution. Man, we're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. All right, I got one here from uh, Lars. Lars says, uh, Lighting and Holman, I was pleasantly surprised to hear you read my email a couple episodes back. Thank you very much. I'm 25 and I love hearing about old trucks. More throwbacks, please. Being a GM guy, I'm disappointed to hear that they're ditching the solid rear axle in the Yukon and Suburban. I guess that's one more reason to buy older vehicles. Haha, <laughs> Lightning. What? <laughs> I, th- I guess he thinks older you, vehicles. Don't, you don't like uh, older vehicles, apparently. No, that's not just, it's not, this is not the case at okay. all. I never said that I don't like, uh, I'm the one that always asks us, I'm like, hey, Holman, we have too much new vehicle talk. Let's go retro. Yeah. What he do. said. All right. Okay. He says, ooh, another thing. Lighting made a comment about my semi looking lowered. I think he was one one who sent us a picture of his, uh, I think it was Long Nose Pete, wasn't it? Yes. And he says, uh, I wish it was, but it's not. Have a great day. Keep up the great work, Lars. I am a sucker for, and I was really stoked, um, the first year they brought out lowered the Peterbilts, Kenworths, you know, all those big trucks. Look awesome. And out, they were just slammed. And there's a guy who builds them out in Southern California, been dying, he has these little shows that he puts on every once in a while. And I've been dying to go out and check these things out. They're so big and so long. and Yeah. Nothing like a long-nosed Pete, man. That's what she said. That's right. (laughs) Uh, This one's uh, coming from Seth. Hey, guys, just wanted to respond to a few comments that were made on the show and ask a question. Off-roading in Missouri? It happens. It's not desert racing, but we enjoy getting out of the city just as much as you West Coasters do. (laughs) What do we want to hear more of? off-roading, and Toyotas. Oh, interesting. I also wanted to mention that y'all have definitely bumped up the Titan in my book. I'm looking to step up to a Tundra in a few years, but if they don't make all the updates I think they need in order to stay competitive, 
the Titan is next on the list. Oh, interesting. You should definitely take a very close look at the Titan. Yeah, lastly, lastly, when can I expect to receive my shirt in the mail? Uh, no rush, just curious. So here's the thing. I got the shirts in. Yeah. They were delivered to my clothing store. Yeah. I didn't know it. Oh. This whole time, I'm blowing up the silk screener going, dude, are you? And he finally, he got back to me. And he goes, they've been at your store for two and a half weeks. Oops. Yeah, my bad. Well, we're sorry. We've been really busy, too. So, so. basically, I get to round up all the email addresses and, yeah. and physical addresses and give it to the girl at the store, and she's going to mail them out, and that'll happen in the next week or two. So, they are coming. Yay! All right, here's one from Harrison. He says, do not take the Fall Guy material out or the old material at all. Love the show and the references. Y'all are scatterbrained as us normal truck guys. <laughs> I will say that is 100% true. Yes. I must admit, I'm a bit of an older soul, though. I have a 79 CJ5 and an 02 Tundra. Great material, guys. You should be taking the clown show on the road out to the East Coast. I've attached some pictures of my stuff out here in North Carolina. Five stars! Ooh, five stars! And a medium t-shirt. Thank you, Harrison. You don't take this quick opportunity that we do this five-star thing, and we really, really appreciate it. So if you guys can go on iTunes and give us a review, you don't have to give us five stars, although we'd really appreciate it. And please do share the show on social media. We have 211 five-star reviews. That's pretty badass. So keep that going, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, This one is from Josh and Lindsay. Highlighting and Holman, just have to say episode 33 was great and felt like it could have easily been twice as long. (laughs) No. No, that was a (laughs) long-ass episode, which makes me think you should should try a four-hour episode Whoa. sometime. Uh, because why not? Well, the discussion with Freiburger was fantastic. As far as what makes a truck a truck, I want to know what you think of a Chevy Avalanche. It not shared plenty of the Suburban and Silverado offering the same drivetrain, and it even had an available 2500 model with an 8.1-liter engine, and but the box wheels. wasn't separate from the cab. Correct. The first model looked more like a truck, but with all the plastic moldings. And the later ones just looked like a Tahoe with a box. Probably shouldn't bring up the Escalade EXT, (laughs) let alone the Hummer H2, um, you know, either than that. But so keep up the great work and enjoyed hearing about the SRT as well. Josh and the Newfie Dogs in Canada. Yeah, my friends with the Newfie Dogs. There he goes. All right. You know, it's fun to get to know our, uh, our listeners because we sort of get emails and we get them from a lot of the same people and it's kind of fun. And, and I'm sorry, I know a lot of you guys are regular emailers and we don't always get your emails on the on the, um, on the the show, but we read every single one. So that is true. So just because you uh, haven't heard it read, it, we may not have the uh, space for it in that episode. We read them all. So please keep all those, uh, keep those all coming. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Here's one from Cole P. Hey guys, great show. Started listening when Finnegan was on. I've been enjoying some of the diesel topics as I just bought my first uh, 96 7.3, so that'd be old body style Ford with the uh, international 7.3 power stroke. It says we need more Galasodes and the battle and the badass old guy who went desert racing. It says I remember on the six liter episode, you guys were talking about your dislike of Fireball and Goldschlager. Thought I'd share my favorite shot is called Fire on Ice. That is the two mixed together. Oh God! Try no. it sometimes. It kills the overbearing flavor of both. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, so he man. loves the old dudes. He loves uh, Gale, and he loves, uh, what's yeah. his name, the, the, the our desert racer. Yeah, our uh, Dick Lan- Landfield. Yeah, Dick Landfield, yep. yeah. And he continues, I'm 22, and my favorite shows are the Dukes and A-Team. Five stars! Five stars! Oh, strong. Okay. Yeah. And uh, large if uh, you have any. All right, this one is from Oscar. Hey, guys, I'm 25, and I heard your first show for the first time, and it was great. Now I hear you guys talking about the SRT truck, and I own one. But mine is how they come from the factory. It's actually pushing 160 horsepower more than stock truck. Oh, Ooh. so his is not from like, okay, Ooh. got it, got it, got it. So when, if ever, you guys are in SoCal and interested in driving what? it, just let me know. Wait a minute. 
he he doesn't see where he's from. So he's from SoCal. Well, that may require a uh, email his, back. He's pushing 160 horsepower we have him over stock. On, we should have him on the show to talk about it. We should Because he's a young guy, right? He said he's 25. So he's a young guy with an SRT10 Ram. I that would be kind of fun. Joe. Dude, it's awesome. I love it. It's beautiful. I'd love to yeah, wow. just talk okay. to him and see how he got into that truck and and who has... Uh, I don't know. Oscar, we're going to be reaching out. So expect a call from uh, 323 or 714. In my mid-20s, I think I had a uh, Honda Civic Si. Uh, <laughs> with 160 in the 20s, horsepower. I had a Honda Accord hatchback <laughs> that see? was slow as this guy has enough horsepower for like four or five of our cars yeah, in does. his truck. I like that guy. All right, so I've got a couple more here. Um, these ones are really just really uh, heartfelt, and so I wanted to kind of read these ones last. This one's from Micah. You're, you're setting me up for a joke, right? I'm not. This is going to be a lightning sucks. Uh, stop nope. sound effects. <laughs> nope. 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 Oh, the oh. opposite of All that. Right. All right. Uh, you may remember Micah Nelson uh, has written to us before. Yeah. yeah. Micah says, Dear Lightning and Holman, I want to thank you guys for helping put one of the best memories out there of me and my dad. I've been listening to you guys since you started the Truck Show podcast, and I've enjoyed it. And I've gotten several of my friends start listening to you, and they enjoy it. About a month and a half ago, I got my father to listen to you because we both work at the same place, and we wanted something to talk about besides work. Well, he started enjoying you guys and listening to you quite often. We had great conversations between the two of us, and our relationship had even gotten better. Well, one day, my dad decided he wanted to build a truck, an older Chevy, so we started looking around. Unfortunately, my dad's been very sick for a long time, and he was in the process of needing a heart transplant. Unfortunately, we found out his heart was failing, and he needed heart surgery, and he did not make it, and he recently passed away. That was the last thing we talked about, but thanks to you guys, we had a dream to build something, and even though he's not here anymore, I know he'll be watching us build his truck one day. So thank you guys. I have some catching up to do. Keep it up. Your friend, Micah Nelson. Wow, that's cool. That's crazy, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's, it sucks. I've, I've, I feel really bad that his dad passed away, but if it weren't for the Truck Show podcast, they may not have had those great conversations and bonded uh, at the end. So I think that's... Uh, it's really special. So, Micah, we really appreciate you sharing that with us. And I've got one more. Chris Whipple's another guy who's uh, emailed us before, and, and this was a, a, a neat email. He says, hey, guys, thanks for another amazing episode. Since I was 10 years old, I've wanted a Viper truck, so it was really cool to hear the stories behind it. You guys are helping me and my new truck guy get through the NICU right now. So he oh, sends a picture. Man. Him and his son, looks like he was just born. Oh, he's little, little. In, in the NICU. And apparently he's been listening to the Truck Show podcast, and we've been helping him kind of get through a tough time with his uh, with his son being bored and everything. So he doesn't say what his son's name is, but Chris, uh, we want to give a shout out to you and your family and, uh, and wish nothing but the best. And thanks for bringing another new listener into the world because, hey, at this point, we'll take <laughs> as many of you guys as we can That's take. Right. Yeah, the little guy, he counts. He he's, counts. Pretty, he's pretty cute. Yeah. He's pretty cute. So Did uh, he say his name? No, he didn't. Little so, dude? So, hey, uh, Chris, uh, when uh, when he gets out of the NICU and everything's good, shoot us a picture of you guys and the family back at home, and we'd love to know that you guys are doing all right. So yes, thanks, to, uh, thanks to all of our listeners, and we appreciate the five stars and the reviews on iTunes and wherever else you listen to the Truck Show Podcast, and keep those emails coming, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That was a pretty positive way to wrap up a show, I think. Uh, well, it kind of got a little sad at the end. I think we pulled up. No, I think we I brought think so. it back. I mean, the guy's got a—he's got a new baby, and yeah. maybe it's—you know—it's—it's it's, they're going through because sometimes the childbirths aren't always like super super easy. Easy, yeah. But well, especially I mean, for dudes. The, I mean, the kid looks super healthy in that picture. Hard to yeah. tell. I can't tell. You know, he's all wrapped up like a little, <laughs> like a burrito. Yeah, like baby a baby burrito. burrito. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. Oh, I appreciate yeah. it. We'll listen. We'll take any listener we can get. We don't care yeah. if you're uh, eleven D or, or eleven, like, fresh out the womb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And don't forget this week we've got plenty of more content coming we were going to have a, a show from SEMA each day and uh, don't forget uh, hey you and I are doing some cool stuff at SEMA this week 
We are. So, um, uh, wow, a couple things. So Wednesday, we are hosting, well, I'm hosting and you're actually a panelist in the SEMA Brew Talks. What? And what that is, that's, that's a, uh, yeah, it's an educational panel put together by the SEMA Education Network. Uh, and it sounds really dry, except for you go, wait a minute, brew is in the name. Yeah, so I like here's, that. So here's what we're doing. I don't think that... Since none of our the people on the panel are except for you are listening, <laughs> sure. So, so here's what it's kind of cool. If you happen to be at SEMA, you're one of the ten people that are listening. They're actually going to be there. Come <laughs> by. So it's Wednesday from four to five p.m. and it's in the central hall, right above the big SEMA display. And you're going to see uh, banners and stuff for it everywhere. But here's the thing. So we've got it's you. Uh, Sean, I like that. Sean, Sean Holman. Okay, I like him. Uh, Gail Banks. Oh, I like Gail. Jesse Combs. Oh, she's cool. I've, I've known her for a while. Yep, world's fastest uh, woman, right on four wheels. Uh, I think so. I yeah. believe so. Yes. And someone you may have heard of, Aaron Kaufman. Oh, uh, our good friend from Texas. So it's you four sitting behind a bar in like front that. of a couple hundred young people that are into automotive. Love it. Right? In the industry. And they're all drinking because there's bars up there. Do I get to drink? You can if you want. Okay. I, I plan on it. Now, here's the thing. Okay. I'm the moderator. I'm going to throw out topics. Okay. All right. And it's going to be like, what do you prefer, supercharging or turbos or, you know, give me, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be all these topics. Now, what you won't see is a word on the screens behind you. Oh. And these words will change. Interesting. And when you say the word, or one of the panelists say the word... Drinking game. The audience drinks. I like that. Fun, right? That's going to be fun. So that's really cool. So can you give me a list fun? of the words so I can help people drink? Uh, I was thinking about <laughs> doing some cheating, yes. i got to be honest with you. So some of the words that uh, you, you know, Gail has some interesting words that he says a lot. You have some interesting words you say. I'm Back not as day. familiar with Jesse. I know that uh, one of the words is definitely going to be uh, ultimate from Aaron Kaufman, <laughs> uh-huh. who loves ultimate. ultimate. Yep. Yeah, he says that quite a bit. So it'll be some of those catchphrases we'll have there. So oh, that is fun. Wednesday from 4 to 5. And then uh, there's another special event that uh, I'm you and I are part of after yep. that uh oh something else is interesting toyo right earlier that day yes. so i'm kind of going out of order i apologize also um inside at the toyo tread pass at 1 p.m uh they are having a battle of the builders and they're giving away five thousand dollars to the best builder Whoa. yeah and you and i are presenting that award so that's pretty that's cool, cool too so that was really neat to hey, get truck asked. show podcast getting a little uh, representation Isn't at that crazy? Uh, this week, yeah huh? we're almost legit so i've got some other things going on this week too i'm actually really honored to be part of the uh, sema launchpad Oh, this is the one that's like kind of like Shark Tank yeah, for like Shark Tank. the automotive uh, yep. entrepreneurs. Yep. So uh, the Young Executive Network uh, hosted. It's for uh, young entrepreneurs, I believe, under the age of 40 who are coming out with uh, new products. And so myself, along with some other industry representatives, uh, Greg Adler from Four Wheel Parts. Um, you've got, uh, I think, Von Gittin Jr. He's a race car driver. Okay. Uh, so, so wait, you are you actually a, you, you're I'm on judging? the judging panel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be cool. And then uh, you and I are going to be uh, setting up in the uh, Lund booth. So oh, that's right. I almost forgot yeah. about what we're doing. Yeah. So that's up in the upper South Hall, right? Okay. Yep, yep. We're going to be setting up in the in the Lund booth and we've got some guests coming by to talk to us and we'll be walking out around the halls talking to other people. That's going to be pretty cool. So uh, we uh, big shout to Lund for having us, for welcoming us yeah, into their booth. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to come by and say hi. We also, I think we're bringing some stickers, stickers and yeah, some yeah. t-shirts we'll with some us as well. Stuff, yep. Okay. So that is, man, there's so much going on this week. I, know, I don't, I don't know walkers. how I'm going to keep it all straight because then I've got my regular job. You've got your regular job and- um, man, if my Apple Watch didn't tell me where to go next, I would be lost. It's <laughs> crazy. I have printed out paper and I put it in every single pocket. And I just because you know, when you're like pulling out cash, you yeah. lose this one, and I've yeah. got to keep a schedule or just I'm going to lose my marbles. I can tell you that. So we are live from SEMA 2018. That's what we are. 
That is what we are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already tired. We haven't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> the truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. All right. Hit us with an email. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be checking with you again tomorrow. tomorrow. Hey, for all of you people who've been asking us to do more shows or do a show every day, this is your week. And uh, don't forget to check in with us and let us know uh, what you think at Truck Show Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a fun week. And hey, a big shout out to Nissan and Decked for keeping us busy this week. Because if we had time on our hands, I don't know who's, we could get into trouble. We'd find ourselves in a bathtub full of ice, missing a kidney. Oh, no, I'm not going to let that happen again. Wait, what? <laughs>